You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Building a better Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box. A nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. Woo. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So last week on the Patreon, mm-hmm. we started getting into the water wars, which will. <laughs> true. Which will come up a little bit in a in a voicemail. Mm. Did someone leave a voicemail with their contribution okay. to this conversation? Um, but I got to say, you know, I was drinking the uh, twist of lime or whatever, and I was like, it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But I got myself, I got myself a Topo Chico, just regular mineral water right here. Yeah, man. It's the and way to go. I know Facts. you got. Oh shit! Crack open one of my own. There we go. Is that is that just the regular? Is that the the twist of lime? No, it's regular. Regulars regular is my favorite. You are regular correct. is great. Like I I enjoy it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Uh, another good thing about regular, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned this on the Patreon. Uh, great base for cocktails. Ooh. Got myself a little makeshift bar right now. Gonna make, you got? make myself a little uh, Topo Chico Marg as we speak. So. Yeah, Marg Pod for life, bro. <laughs> let's oh, let's let's make a let's <laughs> let's make some Marg Pod uh, yes. for life shirts. It'll yes. be you and me on a beach, <laughs> a little like salt rimmed logo with a lime <laughs> like, on it or something. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm well. You, well, you're making yourself a marg. I made myself mm. a more proper, old-fashioned. Hey, this week. Nice job. Um, it is delicious. And you know what? I you know some people traditionally you know will use, and I do this most of the time. I'll you know little peel of orange. Mm. Sometimes I do peel of lemon. Ooh, that's what's up, man. Just mix it up. It's nice. It's super bright. It, I think it cuts like through it. a little bit more than the orange. Yeah, and try that. Um, what's your so? What's your typical go-to Marg like situation? Uh, what's, your, what's your recipe of, of choice? If it's like summertime and I'm doing it up right, mm. using that blender and putting a bunch of fresh fruit in there. Ooh, you're doing the frozen Marg. Frozen Marg, baby. Um, but you know, I got some tequila, some triple sec, some lime. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's enough for just a quick and easy one. Um, yeah but yeah i don't know how about you you tell me i'm a uh tequila um some sort of orange liqueur oh yeah sounds great a um simple syrup lemon and lime juice together that's nice it is it is a good combo and i do it i only do it ever over ice i don't i don't do a frozen one typically um it's not that i'm opposed i just i don't know for yeah. some reason i've never really gotten to the frozen mark scene sure 
I mean, depends on if it's a, if it's a hot day, it sounds more appealing than that. Uh, I was also rocking some homemade dreamsicles for a while there, Ooh. which, uh, well, let's see, that would be like orange juice, triple sec, and then like a vanilla stoli. Oh man. Um, and it tastes okay. like, you know, the vanilla orange popsicles of our youth, except you get, get drunk get, on it and it's wonderful. It. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. Oh man. Can I can I just tell you how like in uh, so much of a better mood I am these days with the, <laughs> the, the prospect of a summer? Uh yeah. I, I it's like hard to believe that things are actually opening up again this summer that I'm reading about, but I'm like, I guess, you know, I should open myself up to the to the possibility that it could be real. Uh my beloved, I was just gonna say my beloved drive-in movie theater, which got me through quarantine, was one of like five things that really helped me through the last year. Just posted today that they're opening up again next month, oh, and showing uh, Jaws, and I'm I'm pumped. You know, I'm, I you know just we're having this conversation as we're kind of approaching. You know, at, when this comes out, we will have passed the one year anniversary of going into quarantine i think i think officially it was that like when people started locking down was like march 13th through the 15th that weekend right i think is when when everybody started taking it a lot more seriously and yep um yeah march 15th is my birthday so i'm about to mark the second birthday in covid which is a depressing prospect but yeah uh we'll not forget that that first weekend of covid yeah yeah, I, I, I do you remember that. Do you remember that weekend, like what you were kind of thinking or how you're feeling or? Yeah, because we were trying to get some stuff for my birthday and literally it was Sunday the 15th was the last day that things were open. So like I went to a brewery to fill up on some growlers and that was the last day they were open. And I went to like a restaurant to get some good, some to go. And that was the last day they were open. So it felt like a definite marker of like, all right, we're going into this and starting, but that was still when we thought it would be like a couple weeks. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you naive idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Little did you know? Little did we know? Uh, well, Hey, cheers, man. Cheers. Clink. Cheers to you. Clink. Mm. You know, one of these days. Yeah, man. We have some birthdays to celebrate. That's right. Um, make up for. Yes. <sighs> but anyway, let's mm. let's uh, let's talk about the prospect of let's let's transition from that to talking about the prospect of things getting better into talking about this furnace fest lineup. Mm. that just dropped yes did we Sep- make this lineup in a dream state or something <laughs> yeah some sort of fugue state you and i like <laughs> got together like wrote down like no this september 24th to the 26th in birmingham mm-hmm. um which does sound like it would be a furnacey swampy <laughs> probably like, uh temperature uh, I'm, I hope that in late September it's not as warm, but I don't know. Do we have any Ala, Alabamians? Alabamians? That's right. I Al- Alabamians. Alabama. Uh, San Diegans. <laughs> San Diegans. <laughs> the gun, the, or Gunkins, if you will. Um, 
No, this this lineup they got headlining on the on Fridays under oath, uh, which is you know, so like uh, the headliners are under oath taking back Sunday and kill switch engage for Saturday mm-hmm. for uh, Friday Saturday Sunday, which feels uh, like. 2003 this all feels very 2003 yes. 2004 <laughs> right but there's a lot of like metal and hardcore on yeah. here like uh, converge and defeater every time i die from autumn to ashes um you know this is this like but then they got unwed sailor bro hey man they got thursday staves yep. acre yep kidding me uh Zeo. Yeah. Uh that, that, Amberlin. That's and those those were all with the exception of Amberlin, those that was all just Friday. Right, right. Okay, yeah. So Saturday you got Amberlin, you got Appleseed Apple cast. cast. Oh, uh who else we got here? Beloved. Further Seems Forever. Living yeah. Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mineral. Yes, if you me without you, bro. Don't skip me, me without, without you. How could I do that? May. Uh, Stretch Armstrong. I mean, it's nuts. Okay, so I was looking at those. Shy Hulud. Like, That's pretty wild. Yeah. And then Sunday, yes. you got oh Andrew WK God. in there just for I you. I know, I know. You got Bad Cop, Bad Cop just for uh-huh, you. Uh-huh. Uh, who else is in there? Comeback Face kid. to Face. Darkest Hour. Get, Get Up, up kids. kids. Hate Breed. Hate Breed. The, Hot the Water Music. Juliana <laughs> Theory. Oh, man. The Pit is going to be. In, but then also Showbread and, Showbread. and Unearth. You know, Dude. so you got you got so much metal core, yeah. so much hardcore, and all this emo too. Yeah. There's like there is not a there's not a punk band to be seen in here. No. <laughs> and most of the stuff is kind of as you said, by like oh three, oh four when sort of emo and emo core was taking over. I wasn't as plugged into well, a lot of that. I, I guess I, of... I guess I gotta want to clarify, uh face to face. I guess yeah. I wanna th- sure, that's, sure, sure. I guess that would be the as far as I'm seeing, there, that there's not a lot of straight not ahead punk bands on here. It's like a lot of, you know. But yeah, anyway, so early aughts. Yeah, but there's also a lot of other stuff that doesn't fit that, uh, uh-huh. that I would be super psyched to see a lot of these bands. Yeah, um, Mineral definitely is Mineral one of them. Mineral, for sure. Appleseed um, Cast is, I guess Appleseed Cast was um, early, was early aughts too. Yeah. When did when did you first hear of Appleseed Cast? <laughs> That's yeah, college. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I my question we talked about this when we did an Instagram live this week was just like I tried to look into who was planning this, and it's been in the works for a long time. But I'm just like, who are you that you include like half Christian bands, yeah. and half not, and punk and emo and metal and yeah, I'm very curious to learn more about how this came to be. So. You know, I don't know if a Magpod meetup is in the cards. Maybe things will coalesce and, and we'll all get down to Alabama and do it. But I hope at least some of our crew gets down there and meets up and tells us about it because it sounds amazing. So I know, but the the tickets themselves are like I think they said two hundred and fifty bucks or something. Yeah. Not which cheap, is but... not cheap, especially other breaking news. Uh after the announcement of an MXPX box set mm. uh another likely several hundred dollar purchase oh, there <laughs> bear there's no way it's not at least minimum three hundred dollars yeah like i can't see it not being 
it being less than that. Yeah. So, uh, man, but everybody, I was, I've kept seeing people being like, you know, there goes my, you know, the, the, the check, the stimmy, the stimmy, the, st- yep. the stimmy gross that <laughs> I, I went to the doctor and the doctor's like, I, he's like, you have a, you have a stimmy you have a bad case of the stimmies. <laughs> Sounds gross. Yeah. Stimmy is a terrible abbreviation. <laughs> yes. Um, we should also say, speaking of new music, uh, I don't, unless there's anything else you want to say about that box set. Um, no, I mean, other than this will be the first time that before everything and after will be pressed to vinyl mm. uh, because everything, yeah. everything else, everything else was. And yeah. for whatever reason that it, that album landed mm. in a weird time when it might be because it's not very good too. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's just for you, oh. Dr. Chad. <laughs> Jen, Jen is coming for us, man. She's going to come out, get us on that Discord. Yeah, she should she's... plug that, that Discord only for <laughs> Patreon punks. It's really popping off over there lately. It has been, yeah, it's been popping off a lot. Very and, fun. and it's been, it's been very fun. We, you know, we used, uh, we did utilize the Discord to finally settle on a name. <laughs> For our MagPod mascot. Our MagPod mascot. Uh, Introducing Punky H. Bruiser. The H stands for hams. <laughs> he's our little Cabbage Patch buddy. He is. And um, he, he's going to need to show up in more, yeah. more of our posts and stuff like that. But we're going to start tatting him up. But we want to thank That's our right. Patreon punks for the names. Yes. Uh, some of the other names that one of the... <laughs> the names that didn't make the cut that somebody suggested uh, uh, be the Garbage Pail Kid version. <laughs> yes, which we should was, also get going. It was a, a Grease Groper. Man, we, we should we, find... We nixed, we nixed that pretty <laughs> fast. Like, John and I were both like, ah, I don't know, like, like I know it's it's a dig on Reese, but like, and I think we talked about this last week, but like, uh, you know, we don't, I don't want our... I don't want our our, our uh, cabbage patch doll being me too. You know, That's... yeah, exactly. No, I think we should find somebody who can design an original garbage pail kid uh, looking card and have it be the uh, grease groper in that version. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Oh, that would be um, so. That'd be so good, and have all kinds of like Easter eggs on there for like yes. five iron Easter eggs and stuff yes. like that. That would be cool. Hit that'd us up if awesome. you want to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tyke Herrera, another uh-huh. uh, another name thrown out. Little Lil Marky. <laughs> Thanks, Danny Stairs, for that one. Mm-hmm. Speaking but of Little Marky, uh, hey, no, no, go ahead. What were we gonna say? <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. I think we all Punky Bruiser rose rose to the the top for us. Yeah, he was the cream of the crop. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Little Marky, uh-huh. so those of you who made the instagram live the other day i got in the mail from danny stairs a lil marky volume two record Mm. and it had like seven songs on it or something yeah and it was we were like you know what let's do a live reaction to this yeah you can find this on our instagram this is on our instagram 
uh, John wasn't there at the beginning. He joined later. Um, so if you're wondering why it's just me at the beginning, John does pop in like after the first song. And then we play a little bit of the first song again. Uh, it hurts. It sounds like hell. As it we does. said <laughs> it does. in the live, it's the music <laughs> of hell. Yeah. It's not only, not only is it awful in just about every conceivable way, but the, the record sounds like garbage, which just adds to the hellish nature. Yeah, it does. And it's like, it is the soundtrack to hell because there are points on the songs where Lil Marky will laugh and it's, it sounds demonic as hell. Yeah, it it is, it is terrifying. Oh man. Um, yes. Thank you, Jared, for bringing Lil Marky into the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. RIP Mark Fox. <laughs> Yeah, we um, did. We did. We there was some back and forth as to whether or not. I think last episode we were yeah. like we weren't sure, but uh, Doctor Doctor Chad hash, uh, slash Jen Mandigo yeah found the obituary and he died in like 2014 or something 16 maybe 2016 yeah. anyway RIP to that dude um, I hope you're not hearing a little murky like music wherever you <laughs> ended up um, but speaking of music. <laughs> That doesn't sound hellish. We want to shout out our dude, Steven Neufeld, mm-hmm. uh, the Craig's brother guitarist, who has a new record coming out March 26th called Craig's Other Brother, mm. uh, lead guitar player. Um, he's been uh, interacting with us a little bit on the socials. So uh, yeah, go check out that record. We will get to Craig's brother this season, we promise. Yes, um, we definitely will. More news on that to come. Yes, we're sort of... Um if you know some people are wondering the why we are going in the particular order we're going in right now like why didn't we like why did we go slick shoes dogwood versus slick shoes and then something else it's we have our reasons we'll just we'll just say we have our particular reasons so but we will we will get there we're still getting people with coming in with some suggestions yeah, keep so, them coming. Keep them, keep them coming. Um, John, should we? Do you think we should listen to some uh, some voicemails? I think so. All right, we have a voicemail number. You can reach us at eight seven two seven six two four seven six three eight seven two seven Magpod Magpod Magpod. John, what do you think about a voicemail? From our brand new Patreon punk. Hey, I like Zach. It. Yes. Hey, what's up? My name is Zach. I'm a new uh, Patreon punk. And I've been listening for several months. And I'm finally caught up enough to where I thought I would be able to leave a relevant voicemail. It's actually kind of funny because this last episode I listened to, I heard my boy Jared leave a voicemail. Uh, the big fan of Lil Marky. Anyways, I uh, <laughs> heard y'all say something about the, the new... Or, new dog uh through thick and thin on the new episode that some of the intros were too long i also heard y'all mention you want more uh movie quotes and songs and i just started <laughs> thinking about off the record i don't know if y'all have ever listened to off the record but you definitely got to check it out they were on tooth and nail and actually jared got me listening to them back in like 2000 when uh remember when came out it's super tight it's it's really good it's got great riffs uh it's got bridges for John. 
It's just all around <laughs> yes. a good album, and I think y'all should check it out. I think you'd be doing a disservice to your Patreon punks if you didn't check that album out. Anyways, thanks for what y'all do. Magnify Pop for Life. Yes. Thank you, Zach. Yes. So, uh, off the record... I don't know, though. It's, it's, so, I'm looking... You know how... Uh, so, Tooth and Nail has, like, uh, the classic toothandnail.com website right. that you can go mm-hmm. to and like look at how it still like, looks bad yeah <laughs> and so their quick bio is in much the same vein as label mates slick shoes and craig's brother off the record blend the very best in new school punk with hard alternative rock mm. so i don't know maybe uh I have to add to that list might need to add to that list yeah uh and there looks like one of their they call out a that was produced one of the records was produced and engineered mixed by Bill Stevenson. All right then. So adding them to the list, people. Add them to the list. See, sometimes that's all it takes, guys. That's right. Sometimes it's all it takes. Um, Danny Stairs. What's up, my dudes? Uh, it's your boy Danny Stairs uh, calling in in response to Stoyer. I just want to say, you know, welcome <laughs> to the jungle, bro. <laughs> I'm happy to have other people to uh, call in. Honestly, I already know all the things I said. Well, that's not entirely true. I forget a lot of the stuff I say on these voicemails, probably. <laughs> but um, I am always happy to hear other people's voicemails and hear what other people have to say, get other people in on a conversation. So I love it. I'm looking forward mm. to hearing more of his takes that he has saved up. Uh, to, you know, get him in there. Um, we, we'd all love to hear them, uh, hear what he has to say about the scene his experiences and all those things. I uh, love that he's a pink boy. A little surprised to hear that he puts red at the very bottom. I'm intrigued by that, but he made the right choice Ooh. for his first choice, so we will still accept him as a pink boy. Um, <laughs> final bit of commentary uh, coming after that. Uh, with the water debate, I'm less into it. Um, mm. You know, I'm kind of a tap boy, maybe maybe filtered if I'm you know feeling real fancy. Um, yeah. so I don't really care about your, you know, your John's cocoa crispy water and Andrew's crow water or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't care which one wins that because neither water is, is of any interest to me. Um, but I, I am excited to hear more people call in with their starburst takes now that Sawyer's trying to, uh, reignite that. So, and, and yeah, I forgot about Brian in the orange. Like, what? <laughs> Come on. I don't know. What would you even call him? Just would you just call him boring? Toodaloo, motherfuckers. <laughs> Brian pulled us both this week uh, with his displeasure about being <laughs> thrown under the bus for this. <laughs> but uh, that is true. He's like, he's like, hey guys, I was listening to the pod and uh, heard you like <laughs> bus tossing me for like a full thirty seconds. Seconds. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Starburst Wars. You know, I, this is people have their very casualties. Sh- yeah, there's <laughs> some very strong opinions about this. Uh, but here's the thing, John. We mm. are getting some pretty passionate defenders of orange yeah, over yeah. on Twitter. Right. Saw that. Uh, and so I came to the conclusion, I'm like, you know, because we were joking. With Brian, it was like, yeah, we don't even have a name for orange because no one cares. But like, we've got at least two or three more people over there that were like being like, I stand some orange Starburst. Mm. So I don't know. We might need to. I might. Here's the thing. 
I don't care about orange. <laughs> it's it is it's fine. It yeah. is fine. But if you're passionate, I'm going to put the onus on you to create your own name. Sure. We got we got our pink boys, we got our red riders, we got our lemon heads. So you orange you, orange you glad you orange you glad you like a better flavor because <laughs> I am orange orangeinos I don't know we'll we'll yeah you guys Here's gotta a, workshop yeah, it yeah yeah you workshop it you figure out your own alliteration we we've got our own shit uh, locked down over here yes uh, we got a voicemail from Danny Leary with a fascinating story mm. about apologetics okay that band that we heard last uh, week on the yes. quiz talking <laughs> more than about works more than works because all the good you do doesn't really matter, doesn't matter. whatever doesn't matter hey guys it's dan leary uh so apologetics uh when i got into christian punk i didn't have any friends who also like any kind of christian punk so i eventually finally made one friend at my school named Brandon who also listened to like Christian metalcore and stuff. And he also liked Weird Al. So, and he was like more pious than me, right? He was like more Christian. His mom had worked in the church her whole life. And, uh, but he also liked Weird Al. And then one of us discovered the existence of apologetics in like the early 2000s. And we were like, oh, okay. And, and we both kind of listened to it and we we're like, yeah, this isn't funny. They're just like, I guess the funny thing is they just take secular songs and make them ex-Christian. I, I guess that, like, the existence of it itself is the joke. Whatever. Um, we weren't super impressed. We are like, this is still funny. It exists. Then they played Soul Fest one year. And Brandon and I both went to Soul Fest all the time. So we're like, okay, well, meet me at the Apologetic Show. we got to check this out. And we go... And it's, like, at one of the smallest possible stages. It's, like, less than 20 people. I don't really remember the songs they played. But they didn't headline? We were, like, we really wanted to hear Preachers, which is the parody of Peaches by the President of the United States of America. Oh, my gosh. Not so much that we <laughs> don't remember that. the lyrics, but it was just the fact that we'd get to hear Peaches at Soul Fest. So we request that in this, like, tiny, tiny show. And I remember there just being this momentary pause from the members of Apologetics, and they're, like, Oh, we're getting a request. <laughs> like they were not used <laughs> to the idea that people would actually shout stuff at the stage and say, "Hey, play this song, please." And then I don't even remember if they, they were like, "Can we play Peaches? Do we remember how to do that?" And I think they did. I don't even remember anymore. But uh, the other thing about Apologetic is you got to go look at their output. Go look at their discography, like fifty albums or something like that, maybe forty like an album every year since 1992, pretty much. And all of those albums wow. have noggin to noggin levels of tracks on them. They just, they have to have hundreds <laughs> of songs. If, if MXPX has 300 songs, this band has had to have done like 800 parody songs, all at the same level as More Than Works. Uh, Magpod for Life. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, that's... We're gonna. I'm gonna look up some apologetics <laughs> preachers. I'm Google imaging them right now, and it is <laughs> it's bleak. I'll just say that. 
Oh man! In what? Yes. In, in what way? Well, you know, they're they're they are past middle aged uh, dudes with some <laughs> uh, interesting sort of postures and metally hair. Oh, here we go. So this is where I'm like, maybe it's funny, but I know this isn't going to be funny. Moving through the country, going to see a lot of preachers. Moving through the country, going to meet me a lot of preachers. Moving through the country, going to hear a lot of preachers. Moving through the country, going to see a lot of preachers. I mean, I it's, support the idea, but to Danny's point, it's not—it's not really jokes. It's just, yeah, I guess no. it's, it's apologetics set to pop songs. Yes. Uh, also, it, it's not—it's not clever. No, it's not clever. Also, they're all ordinary men. The lyric for a song about preachers. I'm like, cool. Good to know where you're at. Definitely know women in your uh, your vision of preachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Wait, what is uh, this? A couple of scandals happened, a real short list. Yes, they mm. caught some evangelists with greed and fraud and women. Okay, women. cool. Okay, cool. So I don't think it's a real short list, by the way. I'm pretty sure that list is uh, as long yeah. as the members of Apologetics. <laughs> oh my God. So that that is a that's a bummer. Mostly um, that just made me think about the fact that the presidents rule. Let's do a president season. <laughs> Let's do presidents of the USA. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll do, uh, uh, I I've got nothing. That's, there's nothing better than, <laughs> nothing better than that. Hey, right. let's, uh, let's, let's see. Uh, we got our boy, Daniel of too many Danny's. Mm. Hey guys, it's, uh, Daniel from Kansas City. Uh, calling in with a few things here. Um, just listen to the uh, latest episode uh, and to that Dogwood album for the first time. Um, that's pretty much what I've been doing this season. Is just listening to those albums uh, through, and then immediately listening to your uh, episode. Um, I'm not familiar with most of them. Dogwood, I had always heard of, but uh, never really checked out. I don't, I think they didn't really have much of their stuff at a local Christian bookstore, but uh, the album uh, was pretty pretty cool, uh, way better than the first one. Anyway, what I really Correct. want to talk about is you guys mentioning um, all the shows you're going to go to uh, once the panty is done, um, and just curious if you guys have... Okay, so I'm going to... <laughs> we're also nixing... We're, we're nixing Stimmy... No stimmy, no panty. No panty. No stimmy, no panty. <laughs> I had not heard this before. No. Oh, no. Uh, you know what to say? Mo, mo panty, mo stimmies. <laughs> um, well, if it were up to the Republicans, it'd be more mo more panty, panty, mo panty, no mo panty, mo panty, mo panty, mo panty. Right. Seeing this <laughs> mo panty's mo problem. Lineup, mm. I just, I gotta, like, if you haven't seen this, like, holy crap. I'm, I'm sure you have by now, but like, under a cave in oh, yes, uh, Emery <laughs> yeah. 
every time I die um, from on to ashes, uh, uh, save sacred. Oh, I'm not really into save sacred. Uh, that's probably a hot take. Anyway, uh, Thursday, Zayo, <laughs> uh, taking back Sunday, Amberlynn, um, Cartel. Uh, like I'm just realizing now how many of these bands I want to see that I'm listing off. Of. I'm like halfway through the bands I want to see, and if I said all of them, it would still only be like half the bands there. Like truly ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. Just you just talk about that. I don't know. It's crazy. I can't <laughs> believe this festival is a thing. Anyway, um, also, uh, as long as we're uh, all calling in to tell about embarrassing evangelical things we did um, Ooh, yes. in high school and stuff, I, I guess I have a story. Um, so I wanted to be like punk and so for a while I was I think during like my freshman or sophomore year I was like not standing up for the Pledge of Allegiance um, Mm, which like lots of my peers were doing actually now that I think about it but like um, I remember at one point in particular there was talk of like removing the under God part from the Pledge of Allegiance which I mean it was added fairly recently in, in history to it anyway but there was talk of removing that, and so my thinking was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop standing up and saying the Pledge of Allegiance. But if they remove under God, I'll stand up and start saying it. But I'll add in under God really audibly, and like, does that make sense? Like, um, he, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, he he continues. Uh, does that make sense? No, that does not make any sense at all. Um, this is Daniel again, part two of the uh, voicemail. But um, yeah, that was my thinking to like wait until it was like not allowed to be Christian and then to like be really obviously Christian. I don't know. Uh, that was dumb. Uh, <laughs> probably should have gotten some pushback on that, but I didn't. Anyway. Um, that's my, that's one of my embarrassing evangelical stories from high school. And really I wasn't even evangelical. Like I was raised free Methodist, um, which, uh, shout out to talking about Greenville. Um, whoever mentioned that, um, I'm from McPherson, Kansas and, you know, went to central Christian college, which is a free Methodist college. Uh, Greenville is a sister school of that along with a few others. Um, went to Greenville many times for Bible quizzing, uh, trips and competitions. Amazing. Um, thought about going there for college, but, uh, (laughs) never actually applied. Anyway, uh, last thing was if you guys are going to get into the, um, water wars, I don't remember how you said that, but basically talking about fizzy waters. Um, I gotta, I gotta put my vote in for, uh, polar. Um, I don't know. What else stores carry them? I know our Costco here does sometimes, um, but I think so far that's it's been more consistently good to me than uh, Lacroix or uh, you know whatever other brands, Bubbly or I don't even know. But um, like all the brands have good ones, but Polar the the um, four flavor variety packs that they have um, at our Costco like. <clears throat> 
all of those flavors are great. That I feel like they're slightly more flavorful than most Lacroix are. Um, you know, but still zero calorie. Um, all all the good stuff. Um, still way less sugary tasting than any regular pop. Um, so yeah, Polar. Uh, they're not paying me to say this. I just I just like them <laughs> a lot. They're the best one. Um, so whenever you get to trying to rank all those, um, I guess I do need to try Tapa Chico sometime, but all right, this it. has been a super long voicemail. Anyway, uh, Magpod three life. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Right on. Um, thanks man. We, uh, I've never heard of polar. You know about polar? No, I don't know about no. polar. I'm, uh, I was looking up some of the, the flavors and they do, they do have some like, they look like they have some interesting flavors. Fascinating. They have they have um let's see, they have ginger lime mule, Ooh, which sounds, sounds good. Sounds cool. Pink apple and lemon. Then they have okay. one called Unicorn Kisses. Okay. I'm very curious about that. Mm. Uh, but another another sparkling water that I have enjoyed is a brand called Aha. I don't know them. And they have uh, one that's a strawberry cucumber that I really like. They have a um, blueberry pomegranate. Uh, They have a peach one that I really like. Um, So it's like, I think, peach honey or something like that, which is good. Um, Hmm. But like Topo Chico is, is sort of like, yeah, it, how people what people how people enjoy sparkling water too is kind of interesting too. Like, like are you looking for it for the flavor? Are you looking for it for like? Yeah. Hey, shout out to our dude for uh, that Midwest representation of pop. Pop. You know? Yeah, you love you know, to hear it. You know, we got a lot of West Coast listeners. You know, out here in the Midwest, it is the it is the pop life. It's pop, baby. It's pop, baby. Um, Looking up here on this website, it says that unicorn kisses taste like watermelon jelly ranchers, um, which you know I'd be up for trying. I'm not really looking for too much flavor. See, that's the saying. thing. That's yeah. the thing. That's what's your what is it that you because uh, you you you're like you've never been a big Lacroix boy because right. you know you're not looking for that for that big big flavor bomb, right? <laughs> BFB. <laughs> and and people might laugh at the idea of LaCroix being flavorful because the the joke is that it's like it's like essenced and it's like you right. know like sparkling water that was like made next to like like a <laughs> like a, like a lemon tree or something like that mm-hmm. you know but for for somebody who like me who has not had who's not consistently drank any sweetened carbonated beverages for mm. years. Yeah. Years. I have not, I have not, the last time I had, you know, purchased a, a you know, my, my jam was Coke or it was a, was Coke products and like, uh, but also like Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper yeah. was my, was my jam. Uh, I remember the, our local, the Chicago, land main grocery store jewel 
mm-hmm. which for those outside of uh, the Chicagoland area, that is an Albertsons uh, store. And they had uh, Dr. Bold. That was <laughs> right the on. store, the store brand, Dr. Pepper. And I was a, I was a bold fan. I was a Dr. Bold fan. Bold boy. I was a bold boy. I always, that's why I always said, I was like, Hey, I'm Dr. A bold Bold's boy. in the room. ladies. <laughs> hey, hey, ladies, did somebody order Dr. Bold? <laughs> Because this part- <laughs> of this sugary drink, I don't know. We're gonna need to get you on the operating table. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've lost. No, that's great. No, I've lost. I've lost the plot. I don't know what. I, I don't know. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna need to get get you in a gown. This is the I don't know least sexy talk. <laughs> There is. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this if I if I could come up with I could come up with the the least sexy pickup lines for a doctor, which I'm sure there are plenty. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, hey, can I uh can I put an IV in your hands? There you go. Because I wanna cause cause I wanna hold it. So I wanna put a needle in it. Can I do mm, that? This is good. It's getting me going. <laughs> um yeah so okay back to what he was talking about with the whole pledge of allegiance thing uh, yes that they was all your right to pray in school it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh i i was having trouble tracking with like i mean this is maybe the logic of a of a teenager <laughs> yes uh trying to be like well I'm I'm going to be obstinate unless they change the thing, and then I'm if, if they take out the thing, then I'm going to say the thing. But I'm not going to, but I'm not going to say it if they make me say it or something like that. Much like Five Iron, our allegiance comes goes to God. I don't know. There's some right, but he but he's like was talking about taking it out, but then only if they took it out, would he say it, right? Right, because that's was, the part he likes and would pledge allegiance to, but not the not the bout of the flagism. Yeah, but th- that's the this is the funny part to me because how much has changed because now how much these days the even more so the idea of not of a of conservative evangelicals not standing for the pledge of allegiance <laughs> right, right. is tantamount to yeah you know, is some sort of it's very important criminal. that we have it before any uh, sporting event in which two teams from the United States play each other <laughs> uh, makes a ton of sense makes a ton of sense we have to make sure everything related to sports is patriotic for some reason yeah. I I've never understood why we have blended patriotism and sports. It doesn't. We don't do it at like movies. (laughs) That'd be weird. We're about to watch like Terminator two, but it's like a pledge (laughs) allegiance. Anyway. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make sure everybody's indoctrinated, but like, if you think, if you think about it, it somewhat makes sense because of how, when you think about people who go to go to sport, sporting events and they're like very diehard about their team. Mm. And that's kind of what nationalism is. You're like a blind loyalty to a thing, even if it's not for a good reason. 
And mm. some people might be like, wait, what do you mean not for a good reason? It's like, well, why are you patriotic? I mean, I was randomly born here. John, did you have a choice about being born in the United States? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did, but so like having a blind loyalty to a thing because of an accident, <laughs> like, like, Hey, I'm, I'm grateful for the life that I've been able to have, but the idea that we can't criticize or critique or try and aim for better, like, no, that's yeah. not, that's not how I function. And just because I was born here doesn't mean I'm obligated to, uh, stand before a flag and uh, pledge some sort of loyalty because um, we were indoctrinated to do so since we were children. Yeah, it's messed up. It's Um, very messed up. But uh, having said all that, the the Twins are going to make it all the way this year. They're definitely going to make it past the first round of playoffs for sure. Uh, I have no uh, blind loyalty there. Those are just facts, so... Dude, I'm so excited to go see a Twins game. As soon as I'm excited I, for you to go too. As soon as I get that vaccine, I am. That I'm hitting a, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> get that get get that vacky. Is that what you're calling it? Vacky or vaxy? I don't know. Vaxy. Whatever rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, I'll get I'll get the I'll get the the pokey. Get the the needly the needly <laughs> the in my arm. Yeah. Needly in my army. None of this. Hey, is... uh, other voicemails here. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Got Brian. Hey, John. Hey, Andrew. Uh, this is Brian calling from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I've uh, listened to the pod since the very beginning. Uh, thanks a lot, John, oh, yeah. for the tip. Uh, I had no idea that you guys would still be doing this three years later, uh, let alone that you'd get the dog <laughs> we didn't either. the Christian punk uh, pantheon, as it were. Uh, I grew up in San Diego, and so Dogwood had a, a pretty special place in uh, my youth, my high school days, so much so that I actually was uh, selected the preschool days? president of the, <laughs> the Christian club at my public high school, um, which is kind of crazy for me to think about now in retrospect. But uh, anyhow, my, my friend and I renamed the club. Uh, I don't know if we had the authority to do so, but we did it anyway <laughs> uh, to all hands on deck. Uh, Dogwood was insanely popular. Yes amongst the, the youth group crowd in San Diego. Uh, they put on some great shows. Uh, you guys touched on this, but Russell was just an absolute beast on the drums. Uh, so some, yes. some good times in the pit, for sure. Uh, but we would actually sneak off to the office um, before um, before lunch, like 10 minutes before lunch, and they would do announcements, and each club could have like a 10, 15-second announcement. Um, and we would actually sing the chorus line to All Hands on Deck. Um, and then give our little yes. feel about whatever we were going to do at club that day. Um, kind of, kind of crazy in, in retrospect. Um, Love More Than Conquerors. Uh, it's a, it's a good album. Uh, I really appreciate the mm-hmm. attention you guys gave to it. Um, some really good songs on there. Um, and I actually have not really listened to Building a Better Me, uh, mm. much at all. Um, and that's, I guess, part two of my story is that, uh, so I graduated in 99. I think that came out in 2000. I, I came back from college after a year, and uh, my theology and worldview had just really evolved quite a bit. And so some of the, I think, mm. the theological sticking points that you guys have already highlighted uh, as you've broken down the first two albums uh, just didn't really jive with me anymore. And so uh, I went to a show um, yeah. after Building a Better Me came out, 
And that was the last, uh, probably the last Christian punk show I went to until uh, the MXPX Fire on Frenzy show uh, two years ago. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, it's been a it's been a fun journey uh, that uh, you guys have taken us down. I hope the journey continues. So thanks for what you're doing, uh, Magpots of Life. Yes, thank you, buddy. Um, Andrew, I'm trying to remember if you met Brian at. Uh, those shows he went to one of those two nights um i hung out with him for sure at some of the shows so he he might have crossed paths with you but um maybe maybe so yeah it's funny now that like this season there are people that we've connected with they're like oh yeah i was at the the mxpx five iron show and i'm like oh man yeah it's wild to think that like some people now part of uh, magpod nation we were all just kind of hanging out in the same room and didn't even know it at the time right pretty well um yeah thanks brian brian is a great dude uh i love that you're like uh christian club was called all hands on deck i think that rules uh yeah it, interesting interesting i wonder how common that was for folks to know more than conquerors but not building a better me because i i yeah my understanding is that building a better me is kind of the most well-known dogwood record um but uh I don't know. Some people are saying more than conquerors is better. We'll we'll, we'll see it in the second half of this episode. Many, many people are saying. <laughs> at least, at least many some people are saying. saying that Josh Kimball <laughs> is a real bad guy, real mean guy. Likes me though, likes me, but he's real, real tough guy. Building a better me. Building well, a man. better me. <laughs> Building a better me. That's what Josh Kimball says. The but no one is built. More than conquerors, no, no, no one is built. No one is built America like right. me. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta work on our Biden for this season. <laughs> Listen here, Jack. <laughs> corn pop. Just me and me and corn pop. We're me and corn pop. Me and corn pop. We're we're trying to build a better me before. All right. Uh, we great. got it's good stuff. <laughs> we get this great stuff. We got Matt Jones. All right, this is Matt Jones calling again from Mount <laughs> Vernon, Ohio. Uh, this is take two. Please scratch that first voicemail. It sucked. Um, <laughs> will do. That the prince is, is stuck in my head. <laughs> it's the overwhelming. So he's uh he's talking about the two the two princes song the spin doctors <laughs> yes how that uh, uh the mentioning of that in the quiz uh, it's the overwhelming all day long I can't get that out of my head and you guys put it there <laughs> secondly you're welcome it's not the Bismarcky or no little Marky. Lil Lil Marky in his mommy why did you kill me? It's it's the music, <laughs> it's the background music that also bothers me because when I close my eyes, all I can see is Mr. Rogers. So now when I think of Mr. Rogers and when I think of Elmo, I think of that creepy song about a woman killing her baby. So <laughs> none of that really bothers me. It just makes me laugh incredibly hard and it allows me to torture my wife continually. So keep up the great work, you guys. Uh, love everything that you do. You guys never cease to continue to make me laugh. So Magpod for life. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Happy to spread the the horrifying gospel of Low Marquee wherever we go. Or or Biz Marquee, if you will. Biz Marquee. As we talked Matt, about on Patreon, they're brothers. So Matt Matt Jones, you've you you've got what I need. <laughs> uh, and yes. 
but they say you're a Patreon punk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think Matt's a Patreon punk. But yeah. anyway. Oh, Marky, you <laughs> got aborted as a feeder. <laughs> that's better than apologetics, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's better. That is better. Um, so it's funny that he uh, that he brought up the two princes because Brian, my brother, also had mentioned to me that he was trolling his kids. Uh, <laughs> after he had heard that episode, they'd be like, Dad, can we go and play outside? And Get some bread like, now. He's <laughs> like, and if you want to play outside now, just go ahead now. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> what what you does saying? that mean? What does that mean? Just go ahead now. <laughs> and if you... That's some bread now. Um, <laughs> You're just gonna just everything's just gonna make that's some bread now. That's some bread now. Um, <laughs> those were some voicemails now. Uh, few. <laughs> thank you for those. That's a good. That's a good set. That's a good set of voicemails. voicemails. Appreciate you guys. Um, uh, as a couple yeah. people mentioned, there is a three minute limit. So just FYI, when you're calling in, be prepared. Be prepared for that three minute limit. Mm. Uh, that's that was uh my debut record. <laughs> Says the name of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! All right, this is the last episode of Magnified Pod. Oh, man, roasted! Oh, <laughs> oh my oh. god! Sorry. All right. Well, it's well, a good run. <laughs> <laughs> three minutes. Three minutes is not. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, All right. So. I want, I, you know, we wanted to talk about deconstruction a little bit. This is a tough the, turn. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew's super lame in bed. Anyway, let's talk about deconstruction. Oh, man. Uh, no, we, we put out a, like a question of the week to try and get a sense of people's uh how people have changed kind of coinciding with building a better me how have you kind of shifted or has your identity changed or have you gone through a deconstruction and i know that danny stairs and brian Canberra have in previous episodes have talked about that a little bit Mm -hmm. um we didn't really get any people biting on the question of the week come on guys Uh, so Bush League. Uh, it, is, it is some Bush League. This is this is some season one bullshit, guys. <laughs> Come on. You're better you're better than this. Um but it's I wanted to kind of bring up in this vein this uh article that I had sent you earlier this I think it was earlier this week mm-hmm. that you know famously the Guitar guitarist from Corn, Brian Welch, or Brian Head, Head Welch, yes, Brian Head Welch, uh, became a born again Christian at some point, maybe in the early two thousands. Sounds right. Sound right. Um, but so he he was uh, having some problems with drugs and alcohol, and uh. But in this interview, he, in this recent interview, he said that he, quote unquote, went too far with his preaching and admitted that he, quote, got obsessed with it just like he was obsessed with drugs. 
Hmm. Um, so after he got sober and got into, you know, Christianity and he wrote an autobiography called Save Me For Myself, he got involved um, in charity work, but um, the preaching was maybe a little bit, he called it his new addiction. Hmm. And he said, the crazy thing is I had an experience with something from another dimension and it wasn't the religion going to church and being a good boy. It was like, I felt something come into my house and I can't explain it to this day, but I believe that it was Christ doing something in me. So that was real. That was very real. But yes, I think I went too far with it and I got obsessed with it just like I was obsessed with the drugs. I believe I did for sure. And I had to come out of that and find normalcy because there's nothing worse than a freaking irritating religious person just shoving it down your throat. There's mm -hmm. nothing worse than that. I'm just glad I got through the addiction and I'm glad that I am who I am now. And I have a lot of peace and rest for my soul. I feel very leveled and at peace with myself. I feel um, very glad to hear that. Yes. So I think this is, so this is sort of was also, this kind of goes hand in hand with some of the conversations that we've had about the people who are like, quote unquote, on fire. We've talked about right. that people being on fire and how it is a wholly unsustainable place to remain. Mm -hmm. Like you might go through some phases of being more or less passionate or on fire, but it's a an exhausting place to 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 remain and to stay. And I think those people who, especially if you have like a very fundamentalist or rigid theology, it's it's hard to maintain something that has a very that you can't challenge or is inerrant or is perfect. And, you know, cause the mm -hmm. moment you start questioning it, that's when shit kind of falls apart. But, um, I, I was thinking about this, him saying like that he was so intense and then like over time kind of settled down and found a better place. And that's kind of where I was, in 2013, after I started my deconstruction, I was hmm. kind of intense and pretty angry and was very much trying to find a new community of uh, atheists and humanists and people that I could sort of talk through my trauma, essentially. It's like, I need to talk to, to people. I need to talk through the trauma Mm -hmm. And and I feel like after a good five years of that mm -hmm. or less, I I kind of worked through a, a large chunk of it, did the work I needed to do, and now I'm finding myself in a much better place. And so, I don't know, I feel like that is an important part of a deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Even for him, like it sounds like it was sort of like I wouldn't even know if I would call it a deconstruction, but just sort of like him finding his thing and finding the the right place. Yep. But like, you know, that you can't stay in that sort of revved up place all time, all the time. It just it's it's too much. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's very important to a lot of evangelicals to have this very dramatic conversion story where it was like you were X and then you became Y and everything was different. And for a lot of us who are raised in the church, we didn't have that, you know, I mean, right. And, and does that mean that your faith isn't valid if you weren't like a drug addict and then you turned your life around and gave it all over to Jesus. And now that's your number one thing. Like that always kind of bothered me that like, I don't feel like God needs Mm. a big showy dramatic moment. And I'm somebody for whom, you know, like I've said on the pod, I've sort of moved away from my faith in high school, but in my late teens, I did have another conversion moment and I felt something not unlike what our buddy Brian Headwelch said there, where I do feel like I felt Christ's presence and you can, chalk that up to whatever you want. You know, I could see other people saying you just convinced yourself that was the case, whatever. It was sort of a transcendent moment, however you want to refer to it that way. And I felt like from that point, I never really like, um, wavered necessarily in terms of like having that big deconstruction or, or questioning that I did in my earlier teen years. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but it wasn't like, I was on the, like, I remember praying this prayer when I worked at the movie theater that I worked at in high school and like in the little bathroom lobby there. So it wasn't like this big moment where I was like in the throes of drug addiction or whatever in the throes of lust or something and being like, I'm turning my whole life around. It was like this one moment in my life probably didn't change that much as a result, but like, I don't know. I just think there's a danger in sort of making your faith this narrative where it has to have these huge black and white moments and consequences. And it's, it is damaging to have to like, fill that missing piece with something as dramatic as whatever you were facing before. Um, and evangelical churches don't do anything to downplay that. Like I'm sure they were like, Oh, we got this horrible, sinful rock star. And he turned it all around for the Lord and encouraged that, you know, rather than being like, you're on a slow personal growth story, whatever. It's, it's promotion. It's great. Right. Right. It is. What is a better story than being like, this horrible former drug addict musician in this metal band who is right you know in in the world and he was you know and you can use that to leverage right your but even him he was like like yeah that was a bit much right know? this doesn't work anymore yeah yeah and that's and that's fine and i'm glad he's at peace with where he is that is yeah but even to be like, man, I I was a little over the top with the preaching and right. it was my new addiction. And yeah, yeah. Like replacing one addiction with something else, even if someone might argue that it that's better. Yeah. Was, Still know. plenty of trauma that can come from a yeah. religious addiction. Um yeah. and you know, I would say it kind of gets to the sort of like mega church versus kind of more mainline church argument of like is it more important to get a big dramatic story so you can get people in the seats at your church or is it more important to develop sustainable long-term healthy relationships with faith and god and church um yeah and you know the former doesn't it's just not sustainable people grow out of that and so why don't we do more to foster long-term good self-care and and practice rather than these huge big moments that may burn out yes you know i 
obviously to me that that makes all the sense in the world and also you pushing like a sort of cookie cutter way of experiencing Jesus mm-hmm. not everybody is going to have that moment and so to be like oh well I didn't experience Jesus in this way right it must not be real for me or whatever. yeah yeah so like I'm doing something wrong or Jesus was like didn't believe my yeah prayer Ugh, or whatever sucks. and I struggle with a lot of that stuff growing yeah. up because I'm yeah. like because I'm like I'm praying wrong because I can't stop sinning or I'm right. not doing, or I don't feel a certain way. So therefore yeah, man. I'm yeah. So that, that's, that's that kind of, that sort of way of approaching Christianity is damaging. Yeah. That's, that's spiritual manipulation. It's not, oh. it's, it's not a relationship as they like to say it is. Yep. And a, a testimony that, that you can get up and cart around in front of other churches. Right. Right as like a sales pitch that just feels kind of disingenuous and a little gross. Yes. Agreed. To like use your testimony, like as marketing. And it just, it, I don't know. It, it just rubs me the wrong way. And I understand that is the quote unquote evangelical part, mm-hmm. but it's also the part about <laughs> evangelicalism that I don't like. Because the we know we know we all know people who they make their their faith is so much their identity that it's almost impossible to not talk about anything else. Right. Like that they can't talk about anything else. And it's like we get it. We get it. We know. (laughs) Right. We know you're you're I just, I don't know. I'm just very much wondering if it really ever works. Like, I'd be curious if the relationships in Brian Head, well, yeah. Welch's life, like, how were those positively or negatively impacted by his conversion? Like, yep. how did, did he, did he experience more people converting because of his intense preaching or his intense, intense, faith conversion or not you know yeah yeah um my buddy brian who left a voicemail earlier was talking about brian this Welch? idea was that, <laughs> that was brian. ed <laughs> yeah he, did, he sounds different than you'd expect him to um i would love it if brian welch had an all hands on deck uh, christian youth group um <laughs> but he was talking about this idea that like um you know that youth group sort of subliminally communicated the idea that friendships might to end if you can't bring them to the Lord or if they were Mm. pulling you down. And he was speculating that maybe that was the reasoning behind so many Dogwood songs being about severed relationships where it's like, this guy tried to get his friends to be into the Lord. And they were just like, all right, buddy, like I'm not on fire like you are. And he's like, okay, well then it's your fault, bro. You know? And like, I was telling him I broke up with my junior high girlfriend after going to the Billy Graham crusade because mm-hmm. Billy told us we shouldn't be in relationships with non-Christians. Um, and just, yeah, I, I, I think for most people boo. who are boo, boo to me, John. <laughs> Hey, we're sharing embarrassing teenage evangelical uh, stories. Dude, uh, <laughs> I, I, do you want, you want me to get the list? Get out that notebook. Get out that um, notebook. Oh my God. Volume one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think that people like that have relationships with people who aren't 
as on fire as they are without at least making the conversation about that all the time. And that's not, you know, maybe they would say that's great. God doesn't want you to have relationships with people who aren't equally yoked, but I'm like, no, that's fucking bullshit. This is how we get through (laughs) the world is relationships with humans. And if you can't have that because you can't, you know, you're so blinded by this faith then that's a problem. That's not what Christ is talking about. Um, also I'm a little bit drunk, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting like yelly John version of yelly Andrew here. Yes. I'm into it. I'm very into it. Well, uh, you know what, John? This might be this might be the best time then to <laughs> before so. before you get <laughs> any sl- worse. To get before you get any worse, I, n- I need to ask you. I need to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Do you want to play a game? Let's do it because I got a lot riding on this. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who aren't Patreon punks. John is getting <laughs> raked over the coals yeah, on the Discord yeah, yeah. for his game performance. Look, not knowing that license, driver's licenses were in wallets cost me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that fact. I'm trying to say it's hot It's hot in this hot seat, okay? Sometimes yeah. I get confused. <laughs> Give me a little grace, people. All right. All right, so John, we're talking... Um, Building a better me. Mm. And so this week we're gonna be I'm gonna be asking you questions about things that have to do with things that are better mm. in a game that I'm calling I hope you do better at this game than the last few. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I hope so too. All right, John, are you ready? I'm ready, baby. All right. Uh, this is another question that might get stuck in people's heads. We will see. Uh, first question. In 1995, Better Than Ezra released their chart-topping single, Good. Hell yeah. Which reached number one on Billboard Modern Rock tracks. What is the chorus of this song? Is it A, uh oh when it's good... <laughs> It's feeling good. Oh, wow. Is it B? Oh, wow. Life is good when giving you love. Wow. C. Oh, wow. It was good living with you. Wow. Or D. Oh, wow. It feels good. To feel you with me. Oh, wow. I will sing you the correct answer. Okay, I'm ready. Which is letter C. Oh, wow. It was good living with you. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. It was good living with you. Wow. I hope you're not making fun of that song because that song rules. No, I'm not making fun of the song. <laughs> okay, good. it's it's another one of those songs that you're like, uh, good, good, good. It's a jam. <laughs> it's a jam. But when I was writing this, I was I was I was writing all these other <laughs> options. I was like, I needed to make sure they sounded. Yeah, they're plausible. Life is uh, good when giving you love. Wow. Give some bread now. <laughs> it feels good with some bread now. Wow. All right. Ugh. All right. One for one, John. Mm. 
Question two. <laughs> According to the Mayo Clinic, trans fat-free margarine is better for you than real butter. Margarine typically contains vegetable oils, which contains unsaturated fats that lower LDL cholesterol. So if you want to buy the better for you buttery spread out there, which of these knockoff margarine brands might you be able to find at your grocery store? A, wow, I totally thought it was butter. B, you'd think it's butter. <laughs> B, memories of butter. <laughs> D, nope, not butter. <laughs> wow, these are all incredible. I've never heard of any of them. Uh, what I do remember is when Fabio would do commercials for, I can't believe it's not butter. Yes. And there was a spray that came out at some point where you like yes. sprayed it out. And he was like, I can't believe it's not butter. Spray. That's like imprinted on my brain for <laughs> all time. Um, man, Memories of Butter sounds like a Korean drama. <laughs> Um, it's on. It's on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. There's Gosh. there are a lot of there are a lot of Korean uh, soap operas or or like TV shows that I'm seeing on yeah. streaming services. I've have you ever watched any of those? Because I haven't. But Korean, cin- a, I mean, Korean cinema, lot. arguably the most uh, most interesting movie making going on in the world right now, coming out of South Korea. So anyway. Um, so you made up three of these, and one of them is real. Uh, no. Oh, the opposite. I yes, one okay. of them. One of them is fake. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, so I, I mean, so I need to. Maybe I need to. Maybe no, I phrase, fine. I phrase this poorly. My broken brain. We all know about that. No, no. I probably phrased. Let me just. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm already doing it. So. No. One of um, them. One of them is fake. Okay. I think. Gosh. Um, I think B, you'd think it's butter, is fake. You think... You'd think it's butter. That, uh, <laughs> I just I slipped into my Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> What's the deal with it's margarine? Fake. It's butter. Like, there's never, I've never had butter and think, I don't know, if this is this butter, I don't know. Come on. Um, Good. Sorry, John. Oh man, hit uh, me. What's the you, real, what's the? Yeah. You think it's butter is real? As is. Wow, I totally <laughs> thought it was butter. <laughs> and memories of butter, all real. I nope. Can't memories of butter is real. Nope, not butter is uh, one I made up. Nope, not butter should definitely be a name <laughs> over memories of butter. That's weird because it's like. That feels like a Blade Runner weird, like replicant dystopian thing where it's like, this isn't <laughs> butter, but you'll remember a better past in which you experienced <laughs> butter. Yes. Yep. It'll be like, you know, like generations ago, there was a thing <laughs> called butter. This this doesn't taste even like margarine, but there's a water world. There's memories. We, we only have memories of butter. <laughs> memories of butter and gills. That's, that's the only thing we spread is memories. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll pick up some uh, memories of butter. Um, question three. Mm. Ryan Schreiber, hey. the founder of the music review site Pitchfork, has some awful takes. <laughs> Including a pretty critical review of Daft Punk's album Discovery. At at one point calling it grotesque 
and harmless. <laughs> Additionally, he said, of the six tracks that feature vocals, four are smothered with the synthesized pitch corrector. Uh, tracks like Harder, Fetter, F- Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, the duo make it work by pushing the instrument to its breaking point, squeezing out subhuman glips and merging the vocals into a Vi-style synth guitar yeah, solo. Sounds great. But when the band relies on the tool merely as a gimmick, as on digital love and something about us, the sentimental love songs come off with all the heart-melting earnestness of Kid Rock's Only God Knows Why. <laughs> so first off, we all know how much I dislike Pitchfork, yeah, but your pitchfork fuck pitchfork. this guy specifically. He <laughs> sucks. Okay, so uh, putting aside Schreiber's lack of understanding about why people like house and dance music, which of these did Schreiber not brutally critique or pan mm. over the years? Fascinating. So three of the four of these he shit on. One of them he did not. Okay. A, The Strokes, This Is It. B, David Bowie, Hours. C, Jimmy Eat World, Bleed American. D, The Cars, The Cars. So one of these he did one, not. One of these he did not shit on, and that's what we're looking for. Uh, I'm going to go David Bowie, but I don't feel confident. B. You're going to say he did not shit on David Bowie. Yeah. John, that is incorrect. <clears throat> uh, who um, was it? He, uh, he liked the strokes. Okay. I mean, that, that sounds like Pitchfork. Um, so his, his reviews of Bleed American, uh, was so infuriating to me. Uh, it's not surprising because he's so, he's so condescending. He's so condescending. He gave it a 3.5. Yeah. Bleed American. He gave a 3.5. Yeah, and, it's not his vibe. I know, but like, then get somebody who likes gets, pop punk to write about it. Yes, this is this is how he opens up this album. Are you a fifteen-year-old TRL <laughs> addict looking for a step up from some forty-one in American Hi-Fi? Something you can tech connect to on an emotional level that won't sacrifice that mindless accessibility you've been force-fed all your life. You liked the new Weezer album, didn't you? Well, this is like that, but better. And he's so, he's so, like, this is the sort of person that has these hot takes. And then when 20 years down the line, like this album is going to be this year, there's probably going to be a retrospective about how this album is iconic. Oh, yeah. There will be a pitchfork, like 8.9 rating on that record. Yeah. It's so full of shit. And the yeah. Cars, the Cars debut record. I mean, that's like inexcusable. <laughs> in, yes. And yeah, he also has this. Uh, I don't know what he's trying to prove with. Um, there was a the, with his Daft Punk record. He mm-hmm. he started off the review by posting the lyrics, like printing the lyrics of one more time. Like as it being like it's repetitive. See, Ugh. owned. Have you ever heard electronic music? My no, friend? every every 
evidently not. He's just so unbearable. It's just like yeah. music can't be fun. Are you kidding me? This is um, this is the sort of pretentious shit that drives me crazy. And it's like, oh, you're talking about your emotions. Oh, that's <laughs> you're gonna ta- you're you're gonna talk about uh, your how you feel when you're a young adult. Ugh, that's so. It's, <laughs> give me a break. Shout out to my dude David Bazan, whose song "Selling Advertising" is about Ryan Schreiber in particular. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh snap. Get him Check on the pod. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, all right. So. One for three. Hold on. My computer's being a dick. All right. One for three. Question four. Some people might think that newfound glory and pop punk might be better off dead. But with an outstanding 2020 record and a resurgence in pop punk in the mainstream, they're not going anywhere. In 2017, Newfound Glory put out an album called Makes Me Sick and worked with a producer we have discussed on the pod for years. Who is this producer? A. Stefan Edgerton. B. Aaron Sprinkle. C. Steve Kravak. D. John Feldman. Oh, man. Um, We have talked about all of those folks. Um, but who would be the most likely, um, boy, I've got Stefan on the brain cause he's coming up later in the pod. Um, but I don't think it's him. I mean, to me, the most likely is John Feldman. So that's what I'm going with. You're going, you're going, uh, he, Feldy yep. was the producer on the 2017 makes me sick album. Mm-hmm. John. <laughs> Uh, it was our boy Aaron Sprinkle. Aaron Sprinkle, fascinating. Yes. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. I uh, I saw this picture that was posted. Oh yeah. I Newfound Glory this posted this picture with Aaron Sprinkle in the studio, and they're like <laughs> towering over that dude. <laughs> I don't know if like the dudes in Newfound Glory are tall or Aaron Sprinkle's short, but it was well, quite the juxtaposition. Shout out to Sprinks. Um, <laughs> not gonna call him that ever again. <laughs> but I am a big NFG fan, and this is the kind of band where his sort of production style works. Check it out. All right, John. All right, can I do this? Uh, let's see I if get you better can. Than one. Can you get better than one? Let's let's see. Question five. Better watch out is a 2016 Australian psychological horror movie that takes place during Christmas. So I guess it's a Christmas movie, right? (laughs) In this movie, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old from an intruder. But this is far from a normal home invasion. What do the characters use as inspiration against the home invader? Is it A, Home Alone, B, Saw, C, Pulp Fiction, or D, The Last House on the Left? Hmm. You know, I feel like I vaguely remember this movie coming out, and I would like to say A, Home Alone. You're saying that in the movie they used Home Alone as the inspiration? Blowtorches, etc. 
Hey. John, you're correct. They All did. Right. Uh, they even have a, a call out about Home Alone in the trailer. Sounds like you got to watch this thing. They, they paint canned the guy to the face. Oh, it's probably and more brutal in this version. Yes, I think it actually killed him. <laughs> okay, that sounds right. So I mean, uh, 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. Might have to watch them. Better watch out. Better watch out. <laughs> better watch ha- out there ha- for them. Ha- ha- paint cans. <laughs> paint, paint cans to the face. Watch Hit out ya. for your face then, bro. <laughs> um, cool. So I got the number five movie question right again for my there what seems to be my now consistent two out of five, which, you know, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take you'll, it. You'll take it. You know, there's those... Those... Uh, that that Aaron Sprinkle question kind of threw me through it through a little bit, but shout out Had to our boys, S- Stefan on the brain. Yeah, man. But also Ryan Schreiber. Uh, get him on unbearable. What did you, you say? Get him on the pod? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> he would give us a 0.0. <laughs> <laughs> he also, uh, he gave, uh, <laughs> I get wet by, get wet. Ish- Fight. Try. He gave it like let me. He gave it like a point eight or something like that. Cool. I'm like this guy sounds like the most boring person alive. Yeah. He gave it, no. He gave it a point six. He's like, all right, this is bullshit. I've had it. Is this what we've been reduced to? Uh, Michigan metalheads copying ESPN jock jams, capitalizing on the shameful worst of the 1980s and bellowing incessantly about the wondrous virtues of the all-nighter. You know, I mean, like, you you sound so boring, my dude. If music can never be fun or emotional or, like, what are you looking for? I don't understand. Like Old sad bastard music, I think. Seriously, like... He turns on dance music. He's like, wait a minute. I I don't know. I want to go to the club and I want to hear. <laughs> what do you, I just don't, I just don't get it, man. Well, Ryan shots, shots fired. We'll see how you respond. <laughs> yeah, um, he, you know, yeah, we know that he is, he's a big fan. What would Ryan have given Dogwood's like, 2000 classic building a better me? Like, I don't know. I think Mark Koslick should have written should have written the the lyrics for the Daft Punk record. That's what people at dance clubs want to listen to. Um fair enough. Uh I think it's time for us to give our <laughs> own rating to building a better me. Point 6. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. Uh, which we will I... do after this break. <laughs> we'll be back. Hi, my name is Stephen Long, and I host a show here on Rock Candy called Sacred Tension. It's about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. If you find yourself uncomfortable in your faith, or if you find yourself caught between modern science and ancient religion, or if you're curious about the journeys of others who are sorting out faith and doubt, Sacred Tension is a place where nothing is off limits. You will find conversations with pastors, cult experts, spiritual leaders, and skeptics, all discussing the ways we navigate the faiths we were given find sacred tension right here on rock candy and wherever you listen to podcasts
we are back. Yeah. And we're we're, we're building a better pod, mm. talking building a better me. The titular album. The titular album of the pod uh, for this segment <laughs> of this <Yes>. season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, John, I'm a little hurt because nobody has said anything about the the new intro for the pod. I think it sounds great. I thought I was being kind of clever, you know, trying to record a little something and make it unique and fucking, you know, nobody cares. Fuck me, I guess. Whatever. (laughs) Send in those voicemails of support for Andrew's clever theme song. You know what? I'm feeling I'm feeling a little insecure. Okay, John. Mm, I'm allowed sure. I'm allowed to feel insecure. That's right? fair. That's fair. I am a human man <laughs> with feelings and emotions. God damn it. It's true. Um, mankind will never look at that word the same way again, or something. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. We um, we are covering building a better me, which was released October 10th, 2000 on Tooth and Nail. Mm-hmm. Um. Can you talk briefly about your relationship to this record? As you were growing up, did you find this to be the definitive Dogwood record? Because I believe most people do. I This was the record that I had more of an association with. Sure. Um, I, I didn't personally own it. Um, okay. I wish I did because this is a... The artwork, this is an album I think needs to be repressed. Yeah. Um, well, it needs to be pressed on vinyl to begin with. But the artwork is so cool. This it, is the first record of theirs that looks good. <laughs> yeah. This is like, this is some um, top notch artistry. And for those of you who, I mean, we've gotten a lot of voicemails and people, um, talking about they're unfamiliar with dogwood mm-hmm. and they this is sort of their first introduction was is listening to us right. and so this artwork is like a like a book it's written mm-hmm. like you're you're the it's like the opening of a of a yeah. novel or something it's really cool and so the table of credits is what cool. the, and it has produced by and has all the the periods and so mm-hmm. Stephen Edgerton and Dogwood executive producers Brandon Ebel and Bill Power, um, uh, but then it's kind of like goes down and then the, the lyrics look like 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 short part, stories like kinda, short stories because yeah. they all this all of them have these like sort of inked black mm-hmm. and white drawings yeah and kinda like that woodcut kind of, illustration yeah, yeah yeah that sort of that sort of vibe like yeah an really old, cool like old book that you would find from you know a hundred years ago or something like that shout out to chris bolden who did the artwork for this um yeah you know i was not um familiar at all really with dogwood before the season and so that was my understanding was that this was kind of the go-to album, but here's my hot take that I was teasing. I definitely prefer more than conquerors. Um, I like this album, but I, I like more than conquerors more. Um, 
I I actually might be in agreement with you, John. Ah, fascinating. I fascinating. thought going into this season that I was ultimately going to feel more connected to this record because yeah. but having listened to this a lot and having listened to more than conquerors for the first time in a really long time, Mm -hmm. I think I'm in agreement, which is sort of blowing my mind. (laughs) Uh, and was sort of a, a shift in what I was expecting. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I thought it was super hot take, but yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like, I like sort of thematically where they are here, maybe better than any previous album. It feels less judgy than earlier stuff, Uh, more focused on self-improvement as the title refers to. Um, I think it definitely has a cleaner instrumental production. And as you said, uh, produced by our boy, Stefan Edgerton, who has come up a bunch on this pod because of his work with MXPX and Slick Shoes and others. Um, but the vocals were produced and recorded by Stefan. The instrumentation was produced and recorded by Dogwood and by Sam Bukas, who hasn't done a ton, but he was the engineer on Blink's Blink 182's self-titled record. So good credit there. Um, and I will say the instrumentation here definitely sounds cleaner to me yeah. than any previous iteration of the band. Um, you know, I thought the vocals sounded great on More Than Conquerors. With this one, for me, it's a little bit back to being an occasional weak spot for me. Um, I still think he sounds good overall, but there are moments where I'm kind of like, ooh, that didn't quite come together for me. And that doesn't happen for me at all on More Than Conquerors. Um, and we'll get into it, but I just think overall More Than Conquerors is more sort of punk leaning. Um, and the times of More Than Conquerors, you know, as we discussed last week, that didn't connect as well for me or the times when they're leaning more into that hard rock sound than punk. And I think that trend more or less continues here. So I just kind of wish there was more straight ahead punk elements here, but there are, there's a lot to like about this record and we will get into it. Yes. And, uh, a lot of this, a lot of the words, the lyrics and music by, Sean O'Donnell, mm. who would go on post Dogwood to form Revolver. Yes. But he is also credited as least I'm seeing on Wikipedia, uh, which we all know is <laughs> never uh, is yeah, never, never wrong. Uh he is credited as being a present member as of 2016. So for revolver, uh, no, for dog, oh, for dogwood. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's back in I think that core group is back together. Yeah. Is, is yeah. So we got Josh Russell, um, Sean and Jason. Yes. Yeah. You, alluded in our Instagram live the other night to revolver and how you thought I may not be into them. Um, and I did some revolver research this week and you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can appreciate what they're doing, but it's just not, it's not a, a mode that, uh, no, you're not a, you're not a pop rock power pop rock fan. I can be, I can be, it just it C- has to be the right kind. See our yellow second episodes. Hey, some yellow second 
I love dearly. <laughs> the Bridges. Well, no, I mean, that one record, whatever it's called, I don't remember now, but I love it dearly. Uh, uh, June, the second one? Uh, yeah. The, yep. Well, I, I forget what it's called now. Sorry, Scott. Um, Sorry, Scott. <laughs> but, uh, you know, our boy Steve Kravak, he put out a great power pop uh, record that did, I enjoy. He did. So, you know, I'm not. Summer I'm not Bliss and Autumn Tears. That's right. Our Porterhouse Records available um, now. So it's not that it doesn't always work for me, but it's not, I don't think we'll be covering Revolver, sorry. <laughs> um, but yes, also clearly a another songwriting force uh, within the band here. Yeah, but also, uh, can you just objectively agree that Sean, he's he's sort of, like his vocals, he's just a better vocalist. Well, he's a different kind of vocalist, to be sure. Um, more classically a better vocalist. Sure, I would agree with that. Um, Still Small, by the way, is the Yellow Second record oh, that I you were, you were absolutely love. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I was thinking, like, so if if Josh is, like, to do a comparison here, it's like Josh is the Tim Armstrong... Yeah, Sean is like the Lars Fredrickson. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> he, like Tim brings the like the gritty punk rock vocals, right. and then Josh is like, "Come on, six <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That was lost. That was in trouble. <laughs> it has its place. Um, yeah, should we? Uh, should we dive in? I think we I think we should, bro. Let's uh, let's check out the them good times. There was a time that I was fine. I swear everything was fine. It just covered all the lies. I didn't know that everything would change. I was lost in my own world. You were compromising doors. You were never really there. Not enough to see that you would lose. I'm letting you off. My assumption that if I could find some way. I think it's okay. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I think it is a great opening track. I think the sure. starting off with the sort of simple vocals and guitar, I, yeah, I think it sounds great. I think it builds, it builds and kicks off. And I think that's a, I think it's a, probably the, the way to go as far as opening tracks. Sure. I like the little like vocal layering. Like I thought everything was fine. I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything sounds good. Um, I just think it's still probably a little too much of that hard rock energy instead of punk energy for me, maybe. Um, but I like it. I don't know. I think it's fine. Um, possibly another one about an absent father? Question mark. Um, yeah, I don't know because see, this is this is interesting to me is that this is the words, the lyrics are by Sean. Mm. A lot of the words and music on this album are by Sean. Okay. Uh, 
So this is, and this kind of goes against a, a conversation I was having with Jason, like, like this shadow producer, Jason, shadow producer, Jason, um, this idea that like, so if we were saying that if Reese were the singer, but somebody else was writing all the lyrics, it's like, well, why couldn't Dennis be the, the lead singer, for example? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if Dennis is the, all the one writing the w- lyrics, you know, that's and that's not always the case. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking like if Sean is objectively a stronger vocalist, but I don't know, maybe because uh, I don't know. I, I if do you do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like for sure. If, if I mean, Josh I think... isn't is if Josh isn't writing the lyrics. And but you know Josh has a more gritty punk rock vocal, but, right? Right. But Sean is objectively like a more traditionally better vocalist, and he's writing the lyrics. And I, I mean, I like my issue with Josh's voice on the early records is not like the quality of it; it's that he's usually flat. And <laughs> yeah. starting with More Than Conquerors, I think it sounds really cool. Like I think he's got a cool punk rock voice. And it doesn't always land fully, um, but I don't mind his style of voice. Um, but yeah, maybe there's maybe there's more room for vocal harmonies and and backup vocals to be more prominent. Yeah, that's um, I w- what I feel like is lacking on this record. Yeah, and just Dogwood Records in general is yeah is harmonies and tighter harmonies. I agree with that. And more vocal. Uh, just like a, a wider variety of vocals. Yeah. Whether it's background correct. vocals or, or uh, shout shouting like gang vocals or harmonies or something, just like keep it interesting. Like I get that you're doing like sort of like a hardcore punk vocal, but like, I mean, even, even rancid like, as you know, going back to them, they still had some really tight, sick, hooky yeah. earworm harmonies yeah i think i tend to make note uh of the times when vocal the background vocals are prominent because i usually really like that i feel like it really lands there but they don't do it super often yeah, yeah. so i don't know yep um, um there's room for everyone room for everyone bro shit yeah Oh shit. Yeah. Hey mister, where are you going to come in from? Is everyone just as scared? Push me away, you don't know me. You're warm to your separation from yourself. Makes you feel good.
Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is my number two. Cool. I like the song a lot. That little yeah. harmony there, as you're saying, sounds great. Yeah. yeah, it sounds great. And I, yeah, it's it's another another banger that uh, in the Dogwood Pantheon to me that is interesting and just starts off you're just like oh man this is about to this is about to pop off yes i will say the intro is probably my favorite part like i feel like it's leading up to something mind-blowing that it doesn't quite (laughs) coalesce into maybe but i think there's a lot of really interesting things going on here um and i think it gets as you said like it moves around in some surprising ways i feel like it gets really interesting with the second part of the chorus where he yeah. kind of goes up and he's like, I've only myself to blame. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. this is doing some cool stuff. Um, but then there's the bridge. Bridge is awesome. Little acoustic section. Yeah, this song kicks ass. Yeah, that's great. And I also, uh, with any number of Dogwood songs, you know, there can we can just pull out the lyrics and speculate wildly <laughs> as to what they're talking about. Um, all of the hatred and phobias are stemming from gifts that you didn't earn. Like little children defining the outcast, you ensure they'll never return. How will you learn? Yeah. I I have no idea. <laughs> what I had here is like, it's got question marks around it, but I'm like, is it about the labels that we put on ourselves or sort of how we find ways to disconnect when everyone can actually belong and be there for each other? Like, I feel like it's ultimately sort of a positive yes. spin. Ultimately, um, I... I feel that the song is positive especially since there's room for me and you yeah. everyone belongs right that's a great and, message to hear from dogwood where that's not yeah. always the case yeah like uh we can't change those yesterdays so let's write the wrongs everyone belongs so it's like hey things were shitty or things were fucked up or we did this thing and that was and that's on us but let's move forward let's you know make make everybody feel welcome or belonging or whatever yeah, to the point I was making earlier about this record feeling a little more introspective and about wanting to better yourself. I feel like there's a lot of elements here which make sense kind of given where they are in their career and their age that they're like looking back on things that they have some regret for and being like, moving forward, I would like to do it this way um, or we right. should all do it this way. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that they're they're trying some different stuff. There's some cool different sections here. Um, I will say like in the first verse, I feel like the vocals are maybe the weak spot for me. Like it's maybe a little too low for him. I don't know. Or he's like, Hey, Mr. Where it just feels different from the like, Hey, Mr. That he normally does. So it's, it also, it reminds me of like a lag wagon, Joey Cape sort of situation. Sure. So I'm, I'm, or as again, lots of lag wagon, lots of no use for a name. Yeah. references that that's sort of like the kind of vein that i think of when i when i hear this song yeah then i think that's neither true. of those bands are like yeah yeah exactly um I, I sometimes think that dogwood has two modes yes 
Right. So this and is I think just one of those modes. There's one mode that I like more than others, but <laughs> uh, another band that we've talked about that they are similar to, I feel, in the next song. Ooh, all right. <laughs> the the titular titular. That's right. Ooh. What a great song. This is my number one. My number one too, bro. Oh shit. <laughs> this is a great song. It's a great fucking song, man. Yeah. That yeah. that that that's another great ring ding 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 yeah. ding. The intro is great. And then just it's one of those songs that when you you get excited about a song when you're like, if something is like immediately recognizable, mm-hmm. and yeah. as a fan, if you're in the if you're in the crowd and you start hearing Ding 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 ding. Yeah. You're just like, oh shit, it's happening, For guys. Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a great opening riff. I think it's got a sort of rare thing of both the verse and the chorus are really catchy. Yes. Um and the which, drums you know, too. The drum I mean, gosh, we we've shouted out Russ a number of times, but yeah. boy, is he a good drummer. <laughs> He's um, a very good drummer. This is what I was saying was it's got bad religion vibes to me. Um, oh, interesting. Especially in that opening verse and kind of his vocal quality here sort of yeah. gives off bad religion vibes. Um, I think, yeah, it, especially when it gets into the halftime of chorus of the chorus, yeah. when it switches into that, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is coalescing for me in a way that is really satisfying and kind of harks back to like all hands on deck where it goes from that, like faster yeah. verse to the halftime chorus. Um, I really love that transition. But also the, the chorus has the, sort of the halftime and then it picks up halfway through the chorus. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Very drums driven, very drums driven, but like, but also that sort of octave guitar riff that kind of plays throughout the verses and stuff. And I like the song, uh, lyrically too. Yes. Um, and whether or not it's, it's, uh, about God um, or his, or his faith, like to me is that there's still, it's the positive, uh, like the affirming, just like doing the same thing with like, there's room for everyone. It just feels Mm -hmm. positive and affirming building a better me feels affirming. Uh, You know, please just become you like the sort of this maybe call for authenticity Mm -hmm. and and like, you know, saying be all that you should be, you will recover. Um, and maybe saying like, because uh, they don't see you like you think they do. 
Mm-hmm. Like maybe the people close in your life or see more in you than other people do. I don't know. Like it mm. just feels, it just feels so much more positive. Yeah. And just sort of striving for something a little bit more. For sure. I, I like this mindset a lot more than the sort of judgment and outward focus that came with some of those earlier Dogwood albums. This feels mm-hmm. much more, you know, again, it's sort of about self-acceptance. It's about rather than being concerned with labels, it's about being who you are and finding comfort again. And whether you're want to call it finding comfort in God or finding comfort in community. Um, yeah, it feels very, very positive. I like it a lot. Um, we would also be remiss if we didn't mention oh. the three movie clips <laughs> that are included here. <laughs> Take it back. Take it oh, back. Oh man, what a what a trilogy of clips to choose there. Yeah. Uh, uh Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Um we have uh Army of Darkness. That's right. Shout and out then, to shout out producer Jason. Um he loves uh, that movie dearly. Bruce Bruce Campbell. That's right. Um, and then uh, Kids in the Hall, the Kids in the Hall movie, Brain <laughs> yes, Candy. Brain Candy, so weird. <laughs> you know, you were you were saying you wish there were more bring back movie clips in, in songs. Well, you got three different ones back to back here. Yeah, twenty one years ago. But this yeah, is what I'm right, saying. Right. Like we need th- we need this is this is the sort of shit that I live for. <laughs> you just like those sort of out of place quotes that you're like. I mean, yeah, Independence Day was a big blockbuster, but at the time. Army of Darkness was like not as well no. known as it is. <laughs> Run <now>. home to mama. <laughs> One thing I realized listening to that Bill Pullman clip from Independence Day is he sounds a little like Trump. He's like mankind. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know. These aliens, they're real bad guys, real mean dudes. Like they're not bringing their best aliens, they're bringing <laughs> they're their bring- worst. <laughs> Criminals and rapists. Um, some, some I assume they're pretty good aliens. I haven't seen any. Maybe some of them are good. I don't know. Oh man, he saw he saw people cheering on the rooftops of New Jersey when the aliens <laughs> blew up the White House. <laughs> oh, um, what a piece anyway, of shit. love love those clips. The, maybe I didn't need all three, but I kind of love having all three. Also, <laughs> no, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. I love kids in the hall so much. And I love hearing Kevin McDonald's little whiny voice going, take it back in the middle of this punk song that I love. It's very funny. Well, Um, we also, uh, we also need to shout out kids in the hall for another reason, um, for inspiring uh, eradicator. (laughs) Yes, exactly. They have a Chicago band based roots all over this podcast. Yeah. The Eradicator is a punk band based on a single kids in the hall sketch about a a D squash league and a guy who calls himself the Eradicator. (laughs) Oh God. I love kids in the hall so much. Um, Everybody needs to go watch the kids in the hall Eradicator. (laughs) And then also uh, go look up uh, the, a, the Eradicator, I'm a Squash Man uh, music video. <laughs> so good. <laughs> because it so fucking good, rules. Man. Oh, man. I love them. Um, 
Yeah. So all great. I also like the ending where again those background vocals come in. I just think yeah, all the way around the song is great. little harmonies oh yeah just think it sounds cool man and then good like song powering out those last 20 seconds that's right did you watch the video for this i sure as shit didn't <laughs> you will have to look it up later uh very very 2000 lots of baggy pants yeah basically there's like a skater dude tearing it up doing some sweet kick flips and being Hell nice yeah. in his community. Yeah. And then like a monster demon guy like chases him <laughs> and locks him up uh, and does mean things in the community instead. Um, but then the skater dude breaks free and he puts the demon guy in the chains instead. Uh, so I think it's sort of a reference to the song's narrative of like taking the negative parts of yourself and not letting them control things. Uh, sure. Anyway, it's worth a look. It's It's fun. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I almost always forget for whatever reason that I'm like, yeah, I never look for the music videos and I don't know why, I guess. It's harder with these bands where you can't find the charts so much. You can't find the singles as much, but you know, if there's a video out there, it's usually yeah somewhat findable. Um, uh, should we move on to, uh, the first bummer song? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Comes crashing. What do you think? So this is another one of those songs where you're like, if you think kind of going on our earlier conversation about like, is this, is this about a relationship? Mm -hmm. um, or is this about um, a friendship? It's like, too too tired to carry both of us through this again. Um, I say goodbye in faith. I'll wait. Um, but but there's the part. Uh, the end of your world is closer than you think. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I know don't. if this is. What do you, what do you think? I sort of assumed it was about the end of a relationship, like okay. a 
a love relationship specifically, I guess, not just friendship, but yeah, some of that stuff is pretty cryptic. I don't know exactly how to make sense of it. Um, yeah, I, I like it, but I'm not, as I said, super into that sort of grungy hard rock sort of drop D sound from them, um, that they can go into sometimes on these couple of records. Um, I like the chorus a lot. I think it's catchy. There's sort of like an ascending guitar part that I respond to. So I, I do like, like it. But I like the chorus yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, overall, not not among my faves. I like it. Uh, I just, the ambiguity, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to be that guy who needs to know what a song is about to enjoy it. But like, sure. I think sometimes when things are sometimes couched in, in religious imagery and I'm like trying to make sense of like like what what is being said here and like again the whole girl god or right uh eschatology <laughs> like right. are, we, yeah. are we are we like are we talking about like literally the end of the world because <laughs> just the end of our relationship or the end of all humanity <laughs> like yeah. what are we like because that's the part that I'm like I mean I'm, I'm assuming this is about a relationship yeah. um but but yeah still I, I I wrestle with liking the song musically and then just feeling sort of ambiguous about the lyrics. Sure. Yeah. That uh, will come up again. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the case for a number of these songs. Yeah. Uh, autobiographics. I agree. I, I like that opening a lot, the little riff yeah. there, but it doesn't, the rest of the song doesn't quite uh, live up to that for me. Yeah, the chorus doesn't sort of capture my imagination. No. Um, no. I, I appreciate <laughs> the, the heavy handedness of all of the literary uh, lyrics, you know, autobiographics, <laughs> talking about his a story and talking about reading things and lessons and um mm. you know pages and chapters and the books like it's just like <laughs> it's like it's all there they've yeah. got it all there um yeah but i can't tell if this is another one about unrequited love or is it another breakup song like i can't can't quite make sense of this one either um, I mean, the bridge is all I need is you here because I'm already yours. Yeah. And you're mine. More romantic uh, love yeah. song. Yeah. 
It cool. just, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Micro? What's different, I guess, about this? So this record, what we've been we've been calling out and uh, in recent records is uh, the length, and yeah. uh, so more than conquerors was thirteen songs, thirty four minutes. Mm-hmm. This is sixteen songs and forty minutes. Yeah, I think they should have stuck with the. Uh, more than conquerors concept yes. and and few kept too many it. songs here. There's a few too many songs on here, and it and it sort of labors a little bit, uh, like yeah. it's a little bit more difficult in these middle songs for me. Yeah, um, autobiographics, micro, they they don't really they're fine. Yeah, but they I'm don't really they don't really do much for me. Yeah, they do some interesting stuff here. Like I like that guitar in the opening. You know, the melody changes a lot, which is interesting. It changes from the verse to the chorus and then even within the chorus. Like I think that second half of the chorus where they introduce some of those background vocal, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Um, it's beautiful. That's a beautiful It's beautiful. I like the bridge um, where it kind of stops out. I think the ending chord progression is cool. It's kind of like this... I don't know. There's some emo vibes here. Like, it starts out emo. I walked outside one day. The sun. It wouldn't look my way. Only darkness. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty emo. Pretty emo um, <laughs> yeah. This I like. That's cool. That's cool. some cool stuff yeah it's it's a very uh in terms of the chord progressions i think it's very interesting yes um there's a lot going on there's a lot going on it i don't know it just it i don't know overall it just doesn't yeah i'm with you it's more i mean i don't know it's it's hard it's it's i'm i'm it's like another one of those things where like switching up the chords a lot can 
be very effective and it can mm-hmm. be like, Ooh, where did they, where did this right, go? Right. But I don't know. But then sometimes you're like, sometimes you want to just like a, a shouty chorus. Sometimes right. you just want like, like something all right that, already. <laughs> let's, let's get a little hooky. Let's get, get yeah. something that's kind of memorable. Let's get right. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like there's several songs like that on here that I sort of appreciate, but I don't ultimately yeah. enjoy the way they come together because <laughs> it's too yeah. many like different things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I do appreciate? Ooh. Yeah. Next song. two okay cool i uh, the, yeah, the short ahead. i mean the short uh, other than the bad times reprise which i don't really count <laughs> right. uh, this is the shortest song on the record it's short get in get out it's punk baby that's right punk, um john this this to me <laughs> this one doesn't feel actually very punk <laughs> no it's very emo man it this is, emo. is this is emo i like it i like Cross my heart, close my eyes as I fall into you. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a girl or God thing here. This is he, God, bro. He eventually says, "When like, all of me father. rests in you, my father, you're <laughs> yeah. my shield." But you know, it's it's kind of one of those "Ooh, baby, baby, God" songs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I really like the opening. I like that guitar sound a lot. Um, and then there's a yeah. cool little guitar solo there that don't down down. Cool guitar Never sound throughout. Yes, but that's where it that's where it goes to the next level for me. There's yeah. a shouting at the beginning of the verse. Throughout in the final chorus, there's shouting. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree that it's emo. It, it's kind of like a version of that sort of guitar hard rock sound that works for me. The guitar sound is almost like Foo Fighters-y a little, mm. um, which we talked about Foo Fighters on the last episode a little. I think it, some of these songs are in that vein. Um and this song is interesting because it starts with the chorus. Yeah, so that I was going to call that out too. Yeah. Yeah. Then moves into the verse. Then there's a second chorus, and I really like that second chorus where it's like double time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's interesting. It's short. It it's got some power. It's got some screaming. I like the guitar sound. So it all it all works well for me. Uh, it works for me too. I'm into it. Yeah. Cool. Um. Uh, the battle of them versus them. Mm. I'll sing you a song of a time such as these. The many sea shanties. This <laughs> <Does> TikTok. <laughs> Dog was was they were way ahead of their time. That's right.
This is such an interesting song. Yes, that was the word I was going to use as well. I this is so this is not only this, but we're going to get into another song on the Patreon this week, which uh, I'm just I'm going to put them in the the same the song. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the this yeah. is not a new album. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, uh, but this seems very out of place in the in the discography <laughs> yeah. of Dogwood. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing because right. I think any song that critiques the, the cost of war, yeah. the human cost of war. It's uh, more or less an anti-war song. Yeah. I mean, basically he's saying like, you know, I'm, I'm enlisting because that's going to make me feel like a man. I'm going to kill people that I, I'm never going to know. I'm going to leave people childless. And right. basically, and then we all fell down that day is basically saying like, we all fucked up. Right. On both we're, sides. We're, there's everybody, childless like, people. Yeah. Yes. We are killing people. We're leaving people without fathers. I mean, it's a very patriarchal sort of approach to the song, but like the, the, the fact remains that basically, uh, people's fathers aren't coming home uh, yeah and we're failing everybody because this is the result of our yeah it, yeah it it does feel different for them i mean you know it, i guess it's anti-war in the sense it's not like a sort of biting policy-based <laughs> no, sort of not. thing but it is saying you know like you said the cost of war both sides end up with kids who don't have their dads anymore and i feel like that says something. Yeah. And I, I, what, what does feel different is that, that first part that you mentioned where it kind of feels a little more sarcastic or biting. He would show such bravery as he took many a life, uh, sing of me of all the men I killed. I know that this will build me up. Like that feels like, Oh yeah. You're, you're saying that's bullshit basically. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, yep. But then in verse two, you know, the kid gets a telegram that his dad has died and he's growing up without him. Um, I guess someone is, you know, kind of, it's thinking, someone who thought they were doing the right thing, but, but ultimately about the damages of war. And I feel like that ending of we all fell down that day is it's pretty powerful. I don't know. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what this is, John? What is it? This is a pro-life song. <laughs> Lil Murky would be proud. No, but like, this is what I'm saying. Yes, like a true pro-life song. This is, this is when I, when I was, um, considered myself pro-life and by pro-life, you know, I included being, uh, my opposition to abortion, my mm -hmm. pro-life stance also was anti-war and anti-death penalty. Right. And, and so this to me is like, if you want, if you want to talk about being pro-life, this needs to extend beyond a fetus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this like, so when do you stop caring about kids? <laughs> right, right. Is it when they're born? No, because like, he's like, Hey, we have kids now who are going to be without a parent and that sucks. And right. for what? Yeah. Like these people literally killed each other at the, at the behest of, of their, their governments. Right. And, you know, so if you want, if you truly want these kids to have a, you know, two person household, a mother and a father, as, as they talk about, like, that's the best way to raise a family is one, one dad, one mom, just like, just like Jesus <laughs> talked about in the Bible, you know, right. But, 
yeah. So that that element, I I find, you know, that Josh is extending. Well, actually, who who wrote the lyrics to? Let me look up the lyrics to who wrote this. Um, this is uh, Sean. All right, that that makes sense because this feels different from the sort of. Uh, vibe of say like that song on good old days we were talking about where it's like you got kids now so your life sucks (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i I, you know there's a lot going on here lyrically and musically um i would say musically there's a lot that i like but again kind of all the parts don't necessarily coalesce for me in a way that like works super well across the board um there's a cool sort of building emo bridge um but that payoff doesn't totally fit together for me. But I think, you know, I give them a lot of credit for the song. I think they're doing a lot of interesting things here lyrically yeah. and in terms of storytelling and even just like yeah. trying to write a song that fits that mood. This would transition uh, into perfectly into uh, like an Irish trad song. Right. Yeah, exactly. Throwing, throwing a fiddle or something. Yeah. And yeah. the song, the song could be like, some for sure. Irish, Irish punk rock or trad, something like that. that sounds cool. Let's, let's get the let's get the Murphys on this. That's right. Oh man, that sounds great. Uh, cheat me. Do not adjust your volume. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's a little boring. It is um, a little boring. I'm also like, what is this about? Is this another broken family relationship or friendship song? I can't quite parse this one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know either. Yeah. Um, it The first three, it says, in a perfect world, the song wouldn't be. A man is lost. That man is me. Right. I'm dragging my feet. I'm falling behind. Um, I I don't know. Sounds pretty emo. Um, yeah, that's fine. I got nothing else to say. About this um, one. I don't know. It's a uh, let's see, a struggle to grasp all the knowledge at hand. I listened to wisdom, but he quit the band. Right. He kind of keeps embodying these different characteristics as people or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Someone's got dicked over, I guess. <laughs> As per usual. As per usual. I don't know. I'm not I'm not delivering great insight into <laughs> no. some of these songs, but no. <laughs> doing my best, people. Yeah.
I don't know why this song is so devoid of harmonies. Some of these yeah. songs would be so easy to just add in some harmonies. Agreed. Yeah. Especially for the chorus. If you don't want to do them all the time, right. fine. But like yeah. the chorus is just some of these songs just seem so naked. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's very sort of basic punk song and it's fun, but it's not especially interesting and some more textures like that or different things would help yeah liven it up yeah um there's some good bass noodling at the end um but yeah overall it doesn't stand out a lot for me um lyrically it's another one kind of about you know encouraging yourself to do better and stand up and you know i i think it's sort of about bullying and having the courage to to stand up for people and connect with people um yeah so I don't know. I like that aspect of it, but it doesn't do a ton for me. Right. Same. Um, also, a reprise of a song that we haven't heard yet. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, right? <laughs> sure why this is here <laughs> i don't know i don't know either like to me having that like at the end of the song yes, yes would have been exactly cool. yes or like lead into the song or something but yeah. a reprise doesn't come first like by definition <laughs> yeah um so She's i don't know a <laughs> little low for him in this yeah. version <laughs> um yeah i feel like this should have come at the end of the record or at the end of the song or something but it's yeah curious choice anyway yeah, a reprise two tracks before the actual song yeah, yeah. it's it's curious very curious <laughs> uh overexposed another song about how much tv sucks exactly <laughs> um i really like this song actually I, no i like this song the this is the 
the <laughs> I like the chorus a lot. Yes. It's also like the absolute upper limit of Josh's <laughs> register. Yeah. That sounds cool. <laughs> it's it's just right there at the precipice. Yes. Agreed. But I appreciate that he's that he's going for no, it. No, it's it's great. I think his voice, I think that raspy, yeah, shouty, because this is one of the different modes. This is one of the yes. different Josh modes. So this is right. like the the <laughs> rasp mode. <laughs> the raspy, gravelly, like punk rock, and then and then you have like the you know building a better me or right. you know that that yeah. sort of I like no I like the vibe here a lot this feels exciting to me there's sort of that hard punk edge I like his vocals as you said um, but it's kind of the the chord progression in the chorus like you said that sort of makes me be like oh this is interesting um, I also like the background vocals that come in toward the end yeah. uh, at like 209 I think if I could break out these walls. Yeah, that's great. With all I know and with all I've seen, I'm so used to it, you won't be Yeah, rules. That's, that's great. great. That is so great. good. Uh, uh it, that the those whoa o's is another like bad religion-y style. Yes, yes. It just feels little, a little epic, anthemic kind yeah. of vibe to it. It's great. To your point, I wish there was more of that. I know. Uh, it's so yeah. few and far between. Right. I just, it's, but when those moments happen, it's just like, oh, can I get a little morsel of the, <laughs> the harmonies? Some, some crumbs, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. There's another one that I'm like, I don't know. Is this about a I failing? I Josh's harmony crumbs. <laughs> give, me, give me those harmony crumbles. Um, <laughs> those Kimball this... crumbles. <laughs> yeah. Is this about failing someone in a relationship? I don't know. Um, but something like that, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, that one is fun. Yeah, it's I this is the part that I have a hard time with. I hate to be like a guy who's <laughs> keeps saying the same thing, but like when I feel like there's so much ambiguity about whether right. something's about God or a relationship, I'm like, how am I supposed to feel about right. wasn't this uh, it was slick shoes, right? Like sort of midway through their discography that you were like, tell me what you mean. Was that Slick Shoes? <laughs> yeah, it was Slick Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I think it was mostly on Burnout where I'm like, I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. I right, don't. right, right. And it leaves me feel, and I'm not saying like poetry and writing needs to be explained to me. Sure, like I sure. Do, but just like, I'm, I don't know. And I guess this just comes down to all art and all music and everything. It's just like, everybody's going to have their own interpretation and maybe that's fine. But I just feel, I guess I just feel a little, it just, there's something about it that leaves me feeling unsettled. Agreed. I I don't know what to do with that. That's just Um, where I am, people. Now this next song, lyrics, maybe a little questionable, but the song itself, pretty good. we We only had one of your... No, we we were both number one and building a better me, and my number two was come back down. So okay, so okay, so all right, number so three have... might might be coming up. Oh, interesting.
That's my number three. Okay. All right. Um, I couldn't get past the lyrics. The lyrics uh, are tough. <laughs> I, I really like this song yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I like how he sings. Yes. But how? tell me how you <laughs> interpret the song and well, how you deal with, I don't need them anymore. Yeah. It's not I even think, at the score. Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are those good times really so good, Andrew? Like, <laughs> like sin and lust? Did you ever stop to think about it? Sin might seem fun, Dude. but watch out, watch Dude. out. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now. Lusting rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the message is fine because it's like, again, I, I don't think it's the kind of thing that's super judgmental. It's more inward focused, and it's more kind of about like, is it though? Well, I mean. It, the chorus is I don't need them anymore. Is he talking about the bad times or is he literally talking about people? It could. Yeah. I mean, it could be both. I guess I took it to mean more like I'm not going to fall into. Is he calling these people calling people enemies or is he calling the bad times, the lust and sin, the enemies? Because I, yeah, these are the sure. words that I'm like having a hard time being yeah. like th- I have a hard time th- not thinking about this song being like, Man, these people are not the kind of people I want to be around for my faith. So I'm gonna call them sinners and say deuces. And yeah, peace out. I think that's fair. But I also think it's fair to recognize a destructive pattern and be like, you know what? I'm gonna make better choices, and maybe I don't need to associate you're, with like. You're right. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're, I you're you're a better person than I am. Well, I'm just a judgmental asshole. <laughs> might be a, a generous read, but. I don't know. I, I guess I appreciate if this is the vibe that given some of the songs we've heard from them, it could be much more judgmental. And this feels a little more like, you know what? Maybe I will do okay this time. It feels a little more positive. And um, yeah. unfortunately, we're sort of <laughs> back into the territory here of like maybe not quite handling those really big ideas with a lot of poeticism where it's like yeah. they showed them the good times, but they all ended in bad times. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> I think we got it. Um, but I just can't. It's so buoyant like it's so i don't know there's this ascending melody throughout it feels very driving the final verse is really driving i'm just kind of into the overall sound of it um and now my feet are planted firm on staying pure well there is that (laughs) i know my past has no place here though i may slip who knows might not. I knew once I saw Pure that you were going to be like, oh, I, don't know. I don't know about yeah. this one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, which is fair. But I just like, I don't know. I think it's doing some interesting stuff musically that I couldn't resist. Yeah. Um, I, it's very it's very irresistible, the music. But yeah. for, for somebody like me who has a really hard time yeah. when the topic of purity and impurity and, yes. and sexual impurity and immodesty, that, that sort of stuff like is an automatic flag up in me. And I'm just like, I can't, totally I can't fair. do it. <laughs> if you're talking about sort of like paths, you're not going to go down anymore. It does feel odd to like call out lust specifically. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I guess that's what he was wrestling with. I don't you know. know. That's, and that's, I don't mean to be like shitty no, about I'm with you. I got pers- you. personal stuff, but like just on my own place, on my yeah. own journey where I've been in this specific place, uh-huh, right? I don't like revisiting those times and memories and experiences of of who I was and how I was like so down on myself about yeah. like, oh god, yeah. I just I was there. I would write that song about like 
I want to remove myself from anything that made me feel impure. And it's just like, yeah, like that's literally, fair. literally like, like uh, looking at a good housekeeping magazine cover could be like, <laughs> Oh shit. Look at that mom and that conservative button up, you know, sweater. Ooh, look at the siding on that house. <laughs> oh man. Is that, is that shiplap? Nice lap? Curvature to that ship laugh. <laughs> what were we talking about when we Wayne's, talked about wainscoting? wainscoting. <laughs> oh boy, love that wainscoting. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, I like this next song too. Mm. It's not easy to be me with all my philosophies and my flippings to divide. So a song about them staying true to their Christian faith and playing their Christian songs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this is a, the perfect song coming after me <laughs> talking about the bad times. Right. Josh being like, Hey, Andrew, look, I'm not asking you to love me. I'm just, yeah. you know, telling you how I feel telling there's nothing wrong with what i'm saying i'll be like you know what josh you're right (laughs) right, buddy you're right buddy i'm not i'm not uh and here's the thing i relate more than you realize Mm, right yeah i i think it opens with the kind of like pointing the finger inward that we haven't necessarily seen a ton of in dogwood before this so i appreciate that aspect you know he's like it's not easy to be me with all my philosophies or it's like oh interesting you're sort of you know, he'd rather take a nap than engage with the audience and worry yeah. about what they think of him. It's kind of like a self, self-deprecating vibe. Um, yeah, as he said, verse two goes to some interesting places. He's like, we once opted for a route which included selling out. I won't divulge that here now, so I digress. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> interesting. Like, you, do you feel that you sold out with the last record or almost went down that route? Or like, yeah, what are you alluding to there? Um, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Uh, I wonder, I mean, is that what they feel about signing to tooth and nail? Well, I know that as we will get into on the Patreon this week, when we cover their self-titled record slash, uh, this is not a new album. Part of the reason why they put some of the songs on that album that they did is because Warner brothers was pursuing them and telling them to put certain songs on there. So that may have been, around that time and they were looking back on that. Um, but yeah, I, this is definitely a top three contender for me. I like it a lot. Um, I like that sort of like double time sound into the bridge. I think the bridge is great. Um, and then there's like fast lyrics at the end, which feel like old school dogwood to me. Um, let's get to uh, 158. But it is that we only do it for the Lord. 
I think that rules. They do a fade out on the song, but it, it comes too early, man. There's like shredding at the very end there um, that they don't include. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so we have not hit your top, your number three yet, right? Um, no, we haven't. All and right. two songs left, and you can probably guess which one it is. It's all in the way that I see things that you don't. It's all in me having a point of view that you can't touch or destruct. So this is an example <laughs> of one of the songs where it's like changing a chord for every word we sing. I'm going to keep changing chords for 30 seconds. <laughs> Which like it is literally 30 seconds. So this feels like it could have been like a short music for short people submission or something. Yeah. Um, but I, it, and in those 30 second songs that made a comp like that, it was sometimes like you had to do as many interesting things as possible to sort of make a distinction in those 30 yeah. seconds. But I don't know. I, I think it's fun, but there's, it's another kind of judgmental song. He's like, it's all in the way that I see things that you don't. It's all in me having a point of view that you can't. It's like, all right. Um, I suppose yeah, it's the, this, this is the, the fundamental problem I have with songs like this. And we talked about this with MXPX on their early records. We've talked mm-hmm. to, we talked about it with, with it's in God's shoes. book, but he just don't want to look. Yes, that is it. Like, your thoughts become numb. I can't wish you there. Could I make you care? It's like, it's like, it's like, ugh, I'm just trying to make you care. It's like, maybe they don't care. Right. That's also okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't, just because they don't care and just yeah. because they push back or they're like, they don't believe what you're saying and you're frustrated that somebody doesn't want to believe what you believe. Yeah. It's like, and it's no. like you shove them back in my face, but you know, you're going to get yours one day. It's like, eh, get out of here. Get out of my if face. You, if you wanted to have a generous read on it, it could be more about sort of confronting a relationship with difficulty or something rather than just dismissing someone, you know, like it could be about um, <clears throat> the challenge of overcoming a, a barrier in a relationship rather than specifically about like, why don't you want to hear about the Lord? <laughs> but yeah, I could be, we don't know for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And now Andrew's number three. Yeah. Nothing new. This is a song where I feel like the chord progressions hmm. really play in play out well and yeah. I feel like the harmonies are there finally. And thanks to uh Stefan Edgerton on those backup books. Crushing it and yeah. the drums are so drums sound good. Great. It yeah. Sounds so good. Um, but it's just everything's just sounds so soaring, you know, yeah. because he because he's holding out some notes there. 
Yeah. You know? It's an interesting line. Um, yes, agreed. And I appreciate I appreciate that. And it's one of those things that like I've tried to be cognizant cognizant of this season mm. to not be dismissive simply because of a difference in uh, theology or um, whatever. But like trying, and that's why I've been like really trying to actively understand to get a better sense yeah. of what's being said. And sometimes I come up against a barrier of being like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sure. I'm trying to, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Um, yeah. It's kind of along the lines of, um, uh, this author I really like David dark who I've brought mm. up on the pod before, but he has this thing about like, you shouldn't get too hung up on whether you call yourself a Christian or an evangelical or whatever. Like it's for other people to decide whether you're a Christian, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if you are acting in such a way that is Christ-like, then someone may call you that. Um, so that feels a little bit like what he's saying here. Like, don't worry so much about the label. Am I acting in such a way that might make you think that my faith is, yeah. you know, causing me to do good things. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so the song is great on its own, like with the, the, the melodies, the harmonies, the chord progressions, but what really takes it up a notch for me. Just because I never learned to give up. Challenge my beliefs, I'll choose to stand up. Overcoming fears, compromise and never. Till the very end, we will be together. It's the um, it's so great <laughs> transitioning to the acoustic guitar into full band into gang vocals. It's great. Yeah. What a way! What a closing song. So so great. This is I think it took them how many four albums to figure out. <laughs> this is the kind of way you close a song, uh, close an I, album out. I like the way that More Than Conquerors end, but I, I understand. I'm with you. No, we don't. This is just, it just feels so like. Yeah. I. So here's what I would say. Okay. <laughs> it sucks. No, just kidding. I like the song. It feels like that ending goes on a little long for me, but because it's the last song, I feel like it's, it gets kind of a pass, but I, at, at a certain point with that, I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, I, I got it. But I understand wow. that there's a power in that, you know, it's kind of, um, kind of reminds me of our boys much the same who have a great final song on their most recent record where it's like the gang folks of the lake. Yeah. I'll take my chances on this sinking ship. It's better than waiting where it's kind of like, yeah, I like a sort of 
sing-along gang vokes long fade out ending track i can definitely see the appeal there no oh, except for this one because yeah, I, except this one because it sucks <laughs> uh, no i i do like this song quite a lot actually but it's a little yeah. it's one of those where i'm like once we're past three minutes i'm a little like i think we're good <laughs> but it is the final song it's the final song bro so, you give yeah you give them an extra give them an extra 25 seconds on that yeah. final song that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it's an interesting record. I, I, I'm going to be really interesting. I'm going to be really interested to see if people. I'm going to be really interesting. I'm. I'm very. <laughs> I am very. On, I'm making a vow. I'm going to be interesting. <laughs> I haven't Pers- been until now. Me personally, I'm very interesting. Now you. I have a point of view that you won't understand, <laughs> which is I'm going to be interesting. Um, wow. No. Well, I'm going to dismiss it because of faith. So that's fair enough. Um, yeah, whether people how how people stack this up compared to their other records because while I do like it quite a bit, I think we've covered a lot that we appreciate here. I still just think there's more there are more highs on more than conquerors. It's more my vibe. So you know, anyway. it's it's here's the thing I I recognized after doing more than conquerors and building a better being back to back. I don't think as as we said on more than conquerors. No bad songs. Yeah, right. No uh, bad songs here either. I I would skip. I would probably skip some songs on this record. Sure. Uh, uh you know, some of the the <laughs> bad times three prize. Un- I don't sure. understand that. You know, <laughs> the great thirty-one second great literature. Yeah, those are like two thirty-second songs. You know, like um, and some of the the middle songs yeah, that yeah. just sort of like it could be pared down for it sure could be, it could be if you you could cut at least four tracks on this and yeah i think so. it would be a, a much tighter record Agreed. but um uh yeah i just i just think that for that reason alone i do have to give it give it up for to more than conquerors and i didn't yep. realize i going into this season the section of the of season three, I didn't think I would be, I'd be there. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let us know what you think, how they compare. You can do that over at magnified pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod. If you haven't yet already and give us a rating or a review, we will read your Apple podcast review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 872-7-MAG-POD. You can support us over at the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash magnified pod. And we got to shout out three new Patreon punks this week. Uh, all of them aforementioned in this episode already, but uh, Zach Faircloth. <laughs> We're both doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer Fox. <laughs> uh, Jared Cramblett. <laughs> Uh, thanks to all of you. Uh, all three of you have been active and engaging with us for a while, but we are very glad to have your support. If you would like to check out what we're doing over on the Patreon, uh, this week we're covering, as we said, this is not a new album, the Dogwood release. Uh, so if you want to hear about that, you can check that out over there. You can pick up some sweet season three merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Send us those pics. Keep coming in of, of folks in their cool cool wares and uh, uh jenny jenny and that uh the athleisure the magpod that's athleisure. right my <laughs> wife rocking that uh athleisure um thanks Words. to shadow <laughs> yeah thanks to shadow producer jason at unoriginal vinyl and thanks to heavy ordnance studios for our artwork well our time in the penalty box is over for this week 
We'll be back out on the ice next week when we'll cover Dogwood's Matt Aragon. Just the claps, bro. I am a Christian. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a. Uh... No, it's good. Our arms around each other in the pit. I'm saying. <laughs> For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.